Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. Before I get into this week's episode, just a little call to action. Actually, two call to actions, maybe even more. Who knows? If you're someone who appreciates all the work I put into Intoxicated for five years um, as a solo independent producer, doing it all, uh, weekly release for the most part, um, consider leaving Intoxicated a nomination in the Coast Best of Halifax. Uh, I will leave a link directly to where you could nominate Intoxicated in the description of this podcast. Like I always say every year, these things don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. I don't do this podcast for awards or things like that. However, um, it does increase visibility of the show. It gets eyes on the name. It would be a nice thing to have. So that's the first call to action. Uh, Send Intoxicated a nomination. My second call to action is to get tickets to a show I'm doing. I am doing an interactive comedy show with past intoxicated guest, Halifax sex coach, Serena Haynes. And that is going to be on July 16th at the Dark Side Comedy Club. It is called More Than the Tip. Uh, It is a spinoff on Serena's past events, which are called Just the Tip. But this is going to be More Than the Tip because it's going to include dirty stand-up comedy. So what this show is, is it's going to be an interactive experience bitches um featuring q a with serena haynes dirty stand-up comedy the chance to win prizes we're gonna have really fun interactive segments to get the audience involved it's gonna be a show like no other um if you're someone who went to the intoxicate live shows the live debates anything like that you will probably enjoy the show i mean you also have to be into the sexy sex stuff because that's what it's going to be about it's a dirty comedy show more than the tip july 16th dark side comedy club it is 25 dollars. ticket link will be in the description of this podcast and i would love it for you to come in more ways than one but mostly come physically to the show and then whatever you do after that is your business um but i would love it for you to come and i can't wait it's going to be a blast the show is going to feature some great comedians, uh, Ryan William, Scott McLean, Adrian Gabriel, and yours truly. So please come on out. July 16th, Dark Side Comedy Club. All right, getting right to this episode because this is a long one and I do have some quick explaining to do. I ran into some brutal technical difficulties with this episode. I've been having some tech challenges on my end lately with static and skipping on my audio. In this case, it was like the second half of the episode was not postable. Like it was not up to my standard of what I could post. You know, I can get away with like static pops here and there, uh, but this was next level bad. So... The second half of this episode, um, for two segments, was recorded uh, remotely over Zencaster. So 
when you hear a record scratch halfway through, that is <laughs> that is us transitioning into the remote portion of the interview. Obviously, this was not the most ideal situation. I hate doing remote interviews. I much prefer in person. But for this guest and for this conversation, it was worth it because this week's guest is the great and hilarious Catherine Karens. And she is a comedian who is just killing it over on PEI. And she does make her way to Halifax from time to time for comedy. And I was lucky enough to have her on the podcast during one of her visits when she was actually doing a Yuck Yucks weekend. So Catherine and I are social media friends. We talk a lot on social media. We've o- we had only met in person once before this interview. So this was a great like get to know you conversation with Catherine. She's a fascinating person. Very smart. Very funny. So great to chat with. And I'm so stoked to have her on the show. We actually see eye to eye on a lot of different subjects. So I think you will really enjoy this conversation. So do make sure you're subscribed to the podcast, following Intoxicated on social media, Instagram, TikTok. Also make sure you're subscribed on YouTube for the video episodes. And of course, I'm always looking for voicemails so you can get those in through SpeakPipe. You can also fill out the talk line anonymous form if you want to write in and not have your voice on the podcast. There's two ways you can interact with the show and I would greatly appreciate you to do that. No big deal, guys. I just asked you to do a thousand things in this intro, but you know, it's it's brutal out here. <laughs> it's brutal. I'm doing this podcast by myself. So these are all ways that you can really help support the show and it would mean the world to me. Okay, so let's get into it. Everybody, please enjoy this week's episode with the amazing and hilarious Catherine Karen. like I got you you got me but this is my fucking boundary I'm not doing it yeah you know disgusting. 13 years married how old are you 41 41 yeah I had no idea see there's your assumption <laughs> I, I actually thought like I would have put you around my age like I'm 35 yeah I let I, I try and be younger James, well like no that's James, so James thought I was like younger than my husband but he's younger than me like James thought I was like late 20s I was like go on <laughs> tell me more please how young I am yeah no you look great obviously like not that like you have to look great at 41 who gives a shit I haven't had children though so I haven't had the the life taken out of me <laughs> literally yeah <laughs> They're like that thing in the Princess Bride, like that machine of pain. Like it's like we suck so many years off your life. You know, it's are you someone who um, wants kids or never wanted them? God, no. You've never wanted them. No. See, I I never used to want them. But now I do. And I don't know what's going on with that. I think it might be an emotion. You you ignore those. I, I, I'm trying to write a whole chunk about it, like how it's like that Christina Aguilera lyric, like like my body's saying let's go, but my heart is saying no. Like my body wants it, but like in my head, I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense for me to have kids at all. I can't afford it. Your um, body doesn't want it. They chew your nipples to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> 
Why would I? I would do formula. I would be like, bitch, I'm having you, but you're getting formula. Like, <laughs> and you're also never sleeping again. So say goodbye to all that. But, that you, but you know what? I don't sleep anyway. So, so my so thing you is. You want to make it worse. And this so, is your way of saying it's okay. My thing is, I think it's like tied to whatever like self growth journey I'm on right now of like, I'm finding that I don't have a, a lot of emotional supports in my life. Like I'm medicated for like. So you want a baby. So you're emotional I want, support baby. I want to create yeah. the connection that I want. That's not their job. Right? <laughs> it's a fucked up reason to have a kid. Dogs are great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I might get a dog at some point. A small one, not a big one. Uh, I'm definitely more of a cat person. But, um, yeah, I tied wanting a kid to, like, I'm not close with my family. So I think it's that thing of, like, I want to just create the family that, like, I never had. And I'm like, that's so goddamn selfish. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to start off with your parenting decisions with the first one being, like, completely selfish. Like, right? like many of them will be, but maybe not the first one. Right. But there is something too. I have a friend who kind of triggered this in me. She had a kid through sperm donor on her own, mm -hmm. single woman. But she was someone who was like, and like, you look at her and you're like, that fucking makes sense that you have a kid. She grew up around kids. She has a big family. She's great with them. And she looks blissfully happy with this kid. And I think I saw that and I was like, maybe I could be a mom. Like, I, I could do podcasting and like have a kid. And then I was like, oh, the cost. And. <laughs> It's a lot of money that I can't spend on myself. <laughs> the trouble also is that they will make friends. Yeah. I mean, ideally, make friends right? With the asshole kid. And then the asshole kid is at your house all the time. These are my concerns. Only child, though. Maybe they'd be a loner. You could groom them to be a loner. <laughs> <laughs> groom them. <laughs> <laughs> out of context quote i love it <laughs> oh my gosh okay so the Let, levels are good our levels are fantastic <laughs> i adore you i'm so excited for this um this has been a long time in the making i've wanted to have you on this podcast for a while that's sweet yeah and you are here i'm here with a very special guest from PEI, very hilarious comedian, <laughs> Catherine King! Oh, Sarah McClellan. <gasps> whoop, 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 whoop. Crowd's going wild. Air horn. <laughs> Put an air horn uh, sound effect in here, I'm Sarah. not going to do a sound effect because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a girl and I know I can't do sound effects, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> I'll put it in for you. How about that? I'm going to put in like a crowd cheering. I like that. Too, because you deserve it because... I adore you. Like, I mean, I don't, when did we meet? We only had met in person. Was it the, the Hell's Basement show? Was the that last one? show at the basement. Which was yeah. in October. Yeah. 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 But we, we like, we're like Facebook friends or whatever. Like yeah. the thing is with comedy and for anyone like listening, who's like, maybe not a comedian, like, like we all kind of know each other. Yeah. Or like, especially maritime comedy. I feel like, like there's names mm -hmm. that come up that I'm like, oh, I know that person, but I've never met them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Same thing. But so like, many people. Like Facebook friends. Cause like usually when you add someone on Facebook, if if I see that it's like all mutual friends are like comics, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. We'll be Facebook friends. But like I might not ever meet that person, which is so weird. It's yeah. this weird like community, instant community effect when you're comics in the Maritimes together. Yeah, and then, like, I've met so many people that I've only seen the names of online since I've been here, but 
they're all running together as like like random white dude and I can't I can't tell them apart and um, I'm really worried that I'm gonna call a Scott a Peter and I'm gonna call it <laughs> a Peter John is there even a John I don't they're know they're all pretty much the same anyway you know yeah it, it makes I, I'm sure that they'll be fine they'll be fine we don't care about them <laughs> Joking, it's like guys. white comic racism. I can't tell right? any of you apart. I just, right? you all look the same to me. You all look the same. <laughs> you have like way too much shit in your pockets. Luckily enough, you don't need. I find the dudes here in this scene, at the very least, their com comedic styles are a bit different. So yeah, that's kind sure. of a good, that's kind of a good thing. So I'm going to need them to do their sets every time yeah. you see me. Just so tight, yeah. a tight three. I'm the one who does the joke about the cat. <laughs> right. <laughs> cat guy. <laughs> That's right. So, Catherine, you are here. So, you've been down from PI. You've done a bunch of shows. You just did Yuck Yucks. You're on your Yuck Yucks weekend. It's so exciting. And I want to like you. You posted such a nice post about about doing it and how how much it meant to you. So, talk about that. So, what was it like finally going on the stage with the Yuck Yucks sign behind you? It the it's crazy. I never thought that that would be me. I used to bust tables for a very very short amount of time uh in Hamilton for yuck yucks like ages ago oh, years wow. ago yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah I never I always wanted to be the comedian and then all of a sudden I was the comedian Isn't it was that wild it's so cool it's such a nice space too and like that you have to go like through that tiny door to get on the stage <laughs> right the, the 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 green room and then like you yeah. go out and it's and it's like really bright too and was yeah. it sold out last night or close to? I'm not pretty packed. Sure, it, compared to anything I usually perform to on Prince Edward Island, it was yeah, it was packed. It was packed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it is weird. Like I, I think for a lot of like fans of comedy, especially like here in Canada, it's like Yuck Yucks is the club, yeah. right? Like, yeah, it's the name. It's the name, and it it is such a big deal. Like yeah, I, I felt the same way when I did my first show at Yuck Yucks. Same thing. It was just like this is a big fucking deal. Yeah, starstruck. And then like pacing backstage, like completely in my head going like, it, like what uh, Shannon wrote at the bottom of all the set lists for the basement. <laughs> have fun, don't suck. I love that. <laughs> yes, have don't fun, suck, don't, don't suck. Don't suck, don't suck. Have fun. I think that that's an important thing because um, like, especially like on a show like like Yuck Yucks, it's like, it's, it's your chance to shine, but also it's a chance. So why not have fun with it? Like, yeah. why would you want to ruin that chance by being in your head and yeah. not and not enjoying the moment? And yeah. I found yeah. so like my like I'm just very bad at being in my head. That's my oh, for sure. big yeah. challenge. And you said something when you came in that like you were actually yourself when you did your set, which is it's crazy <sighs> to be able to do that. It's been three so years and it, I just. Yeah. The first couple of sets I did when I was here, I was telling jokes to make people laugh, which arguably is is the point, but yes. I wasn't telling the jokes I wanted to tell. They're not yeah. really completely my voice. And it just felt like pandering. Pandering. Felt I, not yeah. authentic. Yeah. So I thought like, well, if I'm going to get, you know, good reaction anyway, like, why don't I just tell the things that I want to tell and just be myself? And, and it's going to be more fun. You're going to come off so much better when you do that because they're the jokes yeah. you enjoy doing. Plus you're, you're, when you're comfortable, the audience can tell and then they yes. feel taken care of, I think. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. But when they feel uncomfortable, like they don't want to laugh. So you have to be completely comfortable with yourself. And that just goes to show you got to lean into the things that you like. So, you know, like we were talking earlier about like being dirty and 
the times that I've bombed being dirty were the times that I wasn't leaning into it and I was not confident in the joke delivery. Yeah. yeah but yeah. if you even tell a dirty joke and you just you truly lean into it and just give it all you got, it's probably going to be come off so much better because they're like, yeah, oh, OK, she she's good. Yeah. She was confident telling it. This she's is the good. Way she wanted to say it. Yeah. Like I, I had a joke for a bit about cream pies. <laughs> I'm guessing you don't mean the dessert. <laughs> no, not this the is dessert. not like a baking <laughs> joke. And I had so many people be like, you need to lean into that and like, like really describe it for people like to really <laughs> go because you can't go there and then not go all the way. You can't throw a concept like that out. Well, a cream pie not- is a very all the way kind of thing anyways. <laughs> so, um, right. Just saying. Right. You have to give that mental image. I mean, granted, I only do that joke at like certain shows, like pride shows, like any, any type of show with like other dirty comics. It does great. But like, yeah, yeah on yeah, a, yeah. on a yuck, yuck stage. Oh, she's hard to do. <laughs> so. Yeah. That, it's Prince Edward Island can be the, the same way. Like they, they're prudish. Some of the audiences Hear and this. I can say yeah. that cause they're not going to listen to this podcast. Those prudish <laughs> audience they're not members. cool enough. No, they're that's, not. That's why they will come to a show and they will sit and they will pay money and then they will just sit and stare at you. Oh, uh, that's the, the, like, why would you, why? Yeah. Why would you go and pay money for something and then not at least interact or show yeah. any facial expression of enjoyment? I like, just, they look like they're pained. Yeah, that's brutal. Maybe that's how they get off, though. Like, is that like their social S&M kind of thing? Like, they're like, hurt me with the things I don't find are funny. (laughs) So is this true? So the audiences there are very conservative um, in PI. Definitely in Charlottetown, without question. Uh, Tignish, like when you get out further out west, they know how to laugh so well. Like, I have so much fun out there. Mm. that's one of the best audiences I've ever like they don't take themselves seriously or like Alberton like when you get out there okay like smaller towns yeah and it's not all the smaller towns either because Summerside is um you know I'm sorry if someone's from from Summerside and and loves Summerside but it's like committing Summerside it just it (laughs) awful to do shows there like if people come from outside of Summerside to the theater and they're not from Summerside proper it's fine but like, <laughs> it's suicide, but sunny. Yeah, that was. I decided I wanted to move to PEI when I was in Summerside. I really? was crying about how much I wanted to stay on the island. So, like, if, if that isn't proof of how much I like that place, interesting. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That's wild. I've never done comedy in PEI. I mean, I would love to at some point. I am nervous about doing it. Uh, by the way, I say in PEI, and I know that that's wrong. I'm supposed to say on PEI, right? I would think it's on PEI unless you're referring to the um, the Middle Earth people that live within the <laughs> island and collect pogey. Um, they come I, above I, ground I, for I, the tourist season, get the hours, and then they go back to I the caves. I always say in, and it's just a natural thing with my language that I don't know why I can't just change it to on. At least you remember the place exists. <laughs> great memories in PEI. My first period, I think, was on a... (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Actually, it wasn't during, but I had gotten my period and it was within a a few, like a week of a school field trip to the Magic, not Magic Valley, um, whatever the water park is there. I don't know, because I moved when I was an adult. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you could go as an adult. It's just, you know, it's a little weird, but <laughs> I think it would still be fun, actually. Uh, is it, oh, it's either Magic Valley or Rainbow Valley. Magic um, Rainbow Valley. Magic Rainbow Valley. Is what yeah, it is now. Combine them. <laughs> uh, and I remember my mom being like, well, you can't go on the school trip if you're on your period. Like, like literally, that's what she said. I had gotten my period in, well, that's true. in gym class. Did you have tampons yet? My mom never taught me about tampons. Okay, because according to the commercials, without those things, you you actually can't do things. Like, but with them, you can go horseback riding, you can go swimming in the ocean. I'm assuming water parks. Right, <laughs> but like as a, like my mom is older too, so she would have. Well, I mean, she had me at 42. Um, so like when I had gotten my period, it was like here's some pads and a book about stuff and a stick of deodorant and there you go yeah i had an older fly mom baby bird and like when she gave me the supplies like i think she gave me an adult diaper and i was like <laughs> you know like technology has progressed bonnie you know like i i swear There's to god like options. it had like the loops in it for the belt thing that they used to wear to keep mm. it up and i was like like tv has shown you like there are things with wings now why are you doing this to me i have to go to school right well now now like 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 uh, in the day and age now free bleeding is just encouraged you can I'm just, sorry what you can just free bleed ew no. that's a thing people do they just use nothing or you could use now i sound old right yeah now you or or you could also use they have period underwear like legit underwear that soak things up i would try that i think i would be willing to try that but mm. i would only be like if i was like having a very chill weekend at home by myself like not if i was going out anywhere that's very strange to me i'd want to try sitting in your blood like like wet my pants first before i got tried them like with my period just to like you haven't see. done that already <laughs> Not with those underwear on. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, you, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I actually, um, <laughs> I've been known to, yeah, I, I lose control sometimes when I laugh really hard. Every time I get home after the bar, cause I have like a <laughs> 35 minute drive home. So if I've had like two beer when I'm out at an open mic and I'm driving home, like I come in the door going, don't be your pants, don't be your pants, don't be your pants, don't be your pants. <laughs> <laughs> but how nice would it be to like, be like, oh, well, if I do, cool. Yeah. Right? Maybe I should try this out. I'm learning things. And now today. they are marketing it as um like they're like you can bleed in it and pee in it. We we've lost every male listener. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> they were gone minutes ago. They're not coming back. <laughs> but I just think I also just go to like how perfect for concerts. That would be great. Cause you have to stand in line for the bathroom. So, or like, and you could like literally like just stay in your spot and not have to leave your spot. And then creepy guys, they're not even going to bother because right. you're going to smell. So they're going to leave you alone. Right. That's my thing too. I'm like, does it smell? Like I have some oh, questions. Oh, probably. Listeners listening, <laughs> if you are someone who's used period underwear, um, write me and let me know what your experience was. Cause I'm curious. I'm fascinated. Cause I'm still very much a tampon girl. I know they're not good for you. Whatever the bleach, whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> But they're just, they're just what I use, you know? So, but yeah, when I, yeah, first period PI. That's I've had how many, we got here. I was that's like, how, we how did here. we get here? That's, sometimes I have to stop myself and remember to. <laughs> um, but you're from PI. Did you grow up in, where are you from initially? Ontario. Ontario. We're in Ontario. Uh, I grew up in Mississauga. Oh, okay. City okay. next to Toronto with nice. nothing to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's close to Toronto though, isn't it? It's like Yeah, it's right next to it. It has, at least when I live there, terrible public transportation. Nothing to do except to go from mall to mall to mall and go shopping. 
Hmm. Eat at restaurants. There's like no amenities, like attractions, things to do. Oh, really. I see what you mean. It's yeah. just very like bare bones. Like yeah, you get boring. what you need, but that there's no culture, so to speak. Exactly. Really. Yeah. Exactly. No, no like arts scene or anything. Yeah. And they like to think that they do, but they did. Well, maybe they do now, but like they, they did not. They did not when you. And so you lived there for how long? Most of your uh, life? God. We moved to the, I'm bad with numbers and stuff. Mm. We moved to the island probably about five years ago. Oh, okay. Okay. Six, okay. Gotcha. Six years ago. Cause it was just after we got married and it'll be our six year marriage anniversary in like a few weeks. Oh my God. Congratulations. And thank you. He's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because our property only has one well though right now. Cause like if Stephen King has taught me nothing, <laughs> it's, it's that the, the husband or the spouse may die when you have the second well. Because then you have a place for the body. Oh, shit. Yeah, and I don't have to Google that shit. I've said it on a podcast now, but like the police aren't going to go back and find. Probably not. This. Hopefully not. Shit. Um, <laughs> you never know. That's the thing about podcasts. You put it out and you're like, I don't really know who's ever going to hear this. It's a yeah. weird legacy thing. And my husband is, he's, he's sick of my jokes and that's fair. So like the chances <laughs> of him listening to this, not great. <laughs> What's his name? Jay. Jay. Yeah. Oh, I thought I knew that. Yeah, I saw a photo. So that's that's amazing. How long have you been with him? Like total, like when? 13 years. 13 yeah. years. Wow. We met at Roller Derby. Stop. Yeah. Like, was he in the ro Roller Derby too? Yeah, he was the head ref for Toronto Roller Derby. His name was Sir Ref Salat. And then later oh. he changed it to Quadney Dangerfield. Stop it. <laughs> I know. That's how you met? So he yeah. saw you... I came Roller to skating? yeah I just came to see one of his games because I played for Hamilton because I moved all over Ontario at that point but yeah Shit. I went to see one of his games and and found out that he wasn't dating anyone there so no one was gonna like want to like hit me with the truck of their skate upside my head if I flirted with him so that's nice to know yeah and and so was it like a situation where you were like eyeing him from afar and then you were like I want to get in there like something drew you to him it was just during the two week period where I decided I'm not looking for anyone anymore. I'm I happy with myself and I don't care. I goddamn wish this was not the fucking case. Every goddamn time <laughs> I hear an origin story, this is what it is. That's because that's what it is. I want to hear the woman who's like, yeah, I wanted a man and I went on film. <laughs> like, I really want to hear that. I want to watch. I think it's just because, like, I'm just. <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm trying to go about not wanting it for the sake of getting it, and I know that's, oh, that's not the right way to do it, Catherine. That's like a comedian pretending to be confident so that they look confident. Exactly right. It's fucking it's roundabout way. Almost worse. So literally, <laughs> you were, but like, but in the moment, you did want to pursue. I just wanted to check and make sure that there was no one there who was with him because in roller derby, if someone was with him and I was talking to him in a way that could have looked like it was flirty because I was being friendly, they might have wanted to hurt me. It would get violent. Yeah. So it was more intriguing when I was like, oh, you're not with anyone? That's strange. Usually everyone is with someone here. Right. Or multiple people. And you made a move? <laughs> First move? No, I just said we should hang out and have a joint. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So a truly organic meeting. That is wild. Yeah. And then things got more complicated. His friends hated me. <gasps> yeah. Really? Yeah. Why? Because uh, they're jerks. Mm. I almost went with the hard C word. Um, <laughs> but it might be a bit early in the day. I said it was too early for alcohol. So. We, we can ease into the, the C word. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is a word that like, I mean, you only say that if you fucking really mean it, you know? I do though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know, but I get it though. Like I... Did, did they eventually come around to you or what, what happened there? 
No, they they didn't. I think it's because they liked using Jay for his car and for all the things that he did. And so when he when we got together, I was like, you know, we can go out if you want to go out with him tonight. But also you look kind of tired after work. So if you don't want to go, like you don't have to go. So like I gave him options. Oh, how dare you? Yeah. Right. You know how some people use their friends really badly. So So you just. Okay, I, I see then. So yeah. they couldn't use him as much anymore when you started coming around. And yeah. they, they didn't like that. Pretty much. That's yeah. fucking Because he's a really generous and giving guy. He's so nice. And like when oh. he's your friend, he really goes out of his way. So yeah, I can see not wanting to, to lose that. But you got to give something back to somebody who does that. Right. So. Yeah, fucking fair. That's, that's amazing. So 13 years together, almost yeah. six years married. Very slow mover. And you're... <laughs> Do you enjoy settling down in PEI? On PEI? Uh, yeah, we don't have a basement, I guess. So we don't really like also reside in the island. <laughs> That's the difference is people who have basement money. Yeah. Um, <laughs> basement money. <laughs> I like a lot of things about it. I don't think I definitely wouldn't want to go back to Ontario because it's such a rat race. Like everybody's chasing success, but I'm not sure they're all quite sure why. It's kind of like a, a weird, like LA kind of complex, a little bit. Yeah. 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 I don't know why they're so busy all the time. So, yeah, there's a lot of things to love about living on the island. Right. Uh, things have been a lot nicer since I moved to the country because it's quieter. Oh, I bet. My neighbors are cows. And you have dogs. The dogs can run around. Yeah. Outside. It means I finally Space. got to have like all, like, I have way too many pets now because we have a senior pet rescue. Because every time we see a picture of one, we're like, oh, we can help that one. So, there's a senior pet rescue in PI. Well, no, it's just us. That's what you. you that's well, no, like we, like the only pets we take are seniors. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. I was like, I was like, do you have a legit organization? Oh my god, this is something I never knew. No, because that would mean dealing with other people and other people who like pets, and that's that's a nutty segment of people. So. That is something. Number one, you're an angel for taking in senior pets because that is definitely something that I think a lot of people they just they want puppies and kittens. Oh yeah. So many. And it's like the, yeah. the gift you could give an animal by taking in an older animal. Plus, there's so much is... nicer to have. Like, we ended up with a puppy because someone used their uh, Justin Trudeau money to buy a Chihuahua puppy on the island. Mm. But the thing has the voice of like Gilbert Gottfried. He will not shut up. Like, he loves the sound of his own voice. So <laughs> she couldn't keep him in the apartment anymore. She was going to get kicked out. So now we ended up with this puppy. And I love him to bits, but he will not stop moving. Oh and my gosh. Talking and moving and talking Hyper. and moving. But like the old ones, they sleep all day. They're more docile. Also, like they their personalities are it is what it is. You get what you get. Yeah. It's not like a puppy, like I, when you get a puppy or a kitten, it's like it's a fucking mixed bag of what that dog or cat will eventually be. Yeah, I guess that's true too. You know, like when I got Mindy, like I I wanted a lab cat. I wanted a cuddly little lab cat. <laughs> And she is furthest from that. I mean, she's cuddly, but she she won't be cut like she doesn't like to be held. Yeah, and and she won't curl up on your lap. Um, but she will rub against you and like be beside you all the time. Yeah. Um, but she wasn't the cat I and I wanted, but she's the cat I got. You know, kind of like having kids. Exactly right. And I wouldn't trade her for the fucking world at this point. Okay, that's not like my mother, but. <laughs> I was not the cat she wanted and she really wanted to trade me, I think. Were you, are you, do you have siblings? Uh, yeah, I have a half brother who lives in BC and then I have a, another brother who lives in Ontario. Okay, so you are 
Are you youngest, oldest, middle? I am the oldest from this family. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Oldest. And also the coolest, uh, the prettiest, <laughs> the best, the funniest. Um, all, all the ists. All the ists are me. Oh, that's all you? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Okay, I'm learning so much about Catherine. Um, I think it's time, now that we're on this journey, let's get into the assumption segment. Ooh. So I, what is it? What do you assume? So I, I have a couple written down and so I'm going to tell you these and you let me know if they're true or not. Okay. And I might, I still might think of new ones as we go. Okay. Um, I mean this again, <laughs> I suck at this segment cause sometimes I think I just write down facts <laughs> cause I just kind of observe things about people and I just want them to elaborate on it. So oh. I just wrote that you, um, are good at and also enjoy talking back to hecklers because <laughs> yes. I've seen video footage of it and yeah. I've heard stories of, <laughs> heard stories well you've told me stories oh, the stories of, I've told you you know okay. of, of you of like someone interrupting you or talking during your set and you fucking put them in your in their fucking place so depending on where I am do you actually enjoy that because not all comics have the the guts or the gall to talk back at hecklers it scares them too much or they're scared of going off course or they're scared of the conflict and the interaction, yeah. but you don't seem to be afraid of that at all. You just go there. Yeah. Oh, I remember you saw me at the basement with that yes. guy. Yes. Darren. Darren. It wasn't he, really his name, he, but we made up his Kristen. He Finch, Kristen Finch made up his name. That's right. And he talked back to a bunch of us that night. Yeah, and I unfortunately woke him up. Yes. Because I just I decided because he was like literally he started to sleep. So he wasn't heckling until I made him heckle because I it woke him up. It was a silent heckle. Well, I woke him up and then he got mad. <laughs> so then I had to deal with the situation I created. <laughs> Do you have so, fun with situations like that? Do you enjoy yeah, doing that? Yeah, a lot of fun. I just, it turns on that part of my brain that's really quick off the cuff. Right. So it's like, it enables me to do crowd work. Yeah. You know, yeah, I like it. And not it. everyone has that. That's where I'm funny. It's I, I'm more funny when I'm talking to people one on one than I am on stage. So trying to translate how I am when I talk with people naturally to when I'm up there, it's very challenging for me. Oh, I so see. So when what someone you mean, brings me out two. of it and oh. like they get me chatting, then yeah. I can think of a funny thing and a funny thing. And number one, you're very funny on stage. So stop that. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say I wasn't. I just mean like it's not as. Oh, I see. Like it's not mean. as natural. Not as natural. See, and a lot of people are the opposite, right? A lot of people think like like whatever their set is, their jokes, like they can do that, and then crowd work and stuff isn't the natural like that's how I am I'm like that's not my yeah. my natural state is like the interaction because it takes me out of it so much and then I get I tend to forget where I was yeah. um so do you have an easy way of like getting back on track after you have like an interaction with like <sighs> someone in the audience sometimes it throws me and I forget the next joke it happens all the time but like the the bar that the one bar that we do stand up out of or that I do stand yeah. up out of on the island like the weekly one it's it's so empty there sometimes. So like if you don't address things and you don't do crowd work. Right. Like you're not Point. talking to the people. You would be talking over five people who yeah. are looking directly at you. I see exactly what you mean. So yes. then you're not connecting. Some shows like force you to do it. Yeah. But like yucks, when to. there's a bright light on your face, how are you yeah. supposed to be like. How are you supposed to talk to light? 
It's um, yeah. very similar. There's a room here called Red Room. It's over in Dartmouth. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in an art gallery and mm-hmm. it's a very small, intimate venue. I think it only seats 20 people total. Um, and it's the same thing. If you go in there and there's like only two tables. Yeah. I always just go like, okay, we're talking. Let's talk. Like, like this is a podcast now, not a comedy show. <laughs> like, yeah. like, cause you kind of have to, cause otherwise that's so weird. Like <laughs> yeah, getting up there and being very performative for like yeah. five people. I can't understand like, and, and they, they won't listen to this anyways because they, they won't be interested in what I'm doing, but like some of the open micers <laughs> on the Island, like they do. And you know, I'm, I'm half sorry, not sorry if you are listening. Um, <laughs> they do the same sets for like two, oh, three yeah. years. Yeah. You know, and sometimes they can't remember from one joke to the next and they're not doing any crowd work. And I'm like, this is fun for you. Yeah. There's like no evolution, no change. Like, how do you enjoy yourself up here? Yeah. And like, it's getting the same responses, I imagine, too. Yeah. And like when it yeah. get, doesn't get a good response, they're like, let's quadruple down and do this joke for the 70th time and see right? if tonight it works. It's going to work. Yeah. Oof. Learning to let go of jokes. That is something so many comics have to learn. Or well, we all we all have one or two that we like that, you know we'll tell anyway. Or not necessarily like letting go, but like learning not to change them or make them better. Or yeah, I, I don't know. It, it is and some of these like they they don't have a punchline. Like I just don't get them. <laughs> you know? so it's not, there are more things where I'm like, I'm not sure where you were going with that. Right? But you're doing it again. Uh, the Cheers. way that you know what comedy is a very strange thing in that how critical we are of each other. Oh, for sure. I often think But if about- I've heard it 70 times, I think I've earned the right to have an opinion. Exactly. But that's why I get so insecure about not writing or like not, not writing new stuff. And mm-hmm. I have this attitude of like, I'm not, a, I'm at a point where I'm, I have this attitude of like, I'm not going to do shows because I don't want to turn out the same shit. Um, because I know how comics think and I know what they're thinking, yeah. you know? And like, it's just this constant, like- Trying to keep up to your own standards and also the standards of other comedians. Um, Playing to the back of the room. I, I do that a lot. Yeah. And Always having them in the back of your head instead of like, like there's 50 people in front of you all there to see you. And then right? there's like 75% of your head is paying attention to five people. You can't see at the back of the room. Right. So oftentimes I'm always just like, I just gotta, I gotta do at least one new bit or I gotta change something up. Like yeah. I gotta do something different to let them know that I give a shit and that I'm self-aware because self-awareness yeah. and comedy is something that's respected. It's, sure. Yeah. You know, like I feel like for the most part, if you're a good comedian, you can respect someone who's at least self-aware about what they're doing. Oh yeah. Like Dan and I did a corporate show, like Dan Hendrickson and I did yeah. a corporate show a couple of weeks ago and, and I, I ate shit up there. Like, I, I'm not used to doing corporate shows. It, we went up 45 minutes late. It was oh, supposed no. to be a nine o'clock start. They already, they cut our sets in half, but not our pay. So that was fine. And That's good. <laughs> it was like the 30th year anniversary of this furniture supply company. And the CEO is up there giving a speech that goes way too long at the end. Oh. And this big burly man is bawling. Like he's crying and crying. <laughs> Dan was crying a bit behind me because he knew he was going to have to go on. I was crying a lot more than Dan. Um, and then he forgot he hired comedians. So his Stop. HR person had to get up and be like, hey, we have We have performers. And he was like, oh, welcome Catherine Carnes and Dan Hendrickson to the stage. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was not fun. And so we're leaving and like speaking of self-awareness. And he, I said, like, you did really good because he did. Like he killed. He did, did wonderfully. And we're leaving. He goes, good job, too. And I said, like, no, 
Did I give you a good job? Yeah, but I said like, you're being sweet. Okay, I got him a corporate gig. You know, it could be just because of that. Like, he mean the deal. He's yeah. being very nice. Yeah. I was like, I'll hire you again. That's fine. I said, but like, don't, <laughs> it's okay. Like, that's sweet that you're saying that, but I can hear myself. And I just, the reason that I can do what I can do is because I can hear myself. So I can, I appreciate the compliment, but I also know that that didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. Oh, yeah. And I'm glad that I know that. Yeah. Because yeah. I would hate to be a comedian who can't hear that. Yep. Of course. Of that's course. Worse. Well, they're the worst comedians. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we all know, we all know, we all, you know, and uh, yeah. And, and again, yeah, it is one of those things where you, you do have to ask yourself, like, what enjoyment are you getting out of this? If you, if you're not like, I have a hard time, even when I do do well taking in, you know how you hear people say like, oh God, that felt so great. It was so fun to like do something that landed and you hear mm-hmm. the laughs lately. I haven't been feeling yeah, that feeling the rut. And I don't know what that is. And it yeah. probably is a ride or probably is exhaustion or one of those things, you know, whatever it a is. Or just, it's a lull. There's lots of lulls in comedy. There's a lot more lows than highs, more valleys than peaks for sure. Yeah. And you've been, yeah, yeah, yeah. you've been doing it three years. Yeah. Just three years. That's it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, you're wildly amazing for, for three years. Like, thanks. That's sweet of you. Yeah. Like, like truly, truly. I think it's how much they made me fight on the Island too. That could very well be it. You know what? Like if you're constantly performing for tough crowds, you're going to build up a resilience. Other people might not. That, and just the other comedians were so clicky about like just wanting to have shows with the people they knew and stuff like that. So it, but then they would book new comedians and not me the first 10 months like aside from joe revel who started talking to me after a little bit but like i sat by myself oh my goodness you know but that made me tough so i'm almost not upset about it but there you go the fact that you did that alone um really shows your your love of comedy because i think so much of comedy and why it's appealing to people is the cool factor, the community factor, I the I'm but, friends with comics because I'm a comic now, too. And yeah, I feel cool because I'm part of the cool comics club. Yeah. And so if you're doing that it. alone, it's really showing that you you actually do really love the art. Oh, yeah. You know, like that's proof right there. Yeah. So this bitch ain't to be fucked with, everybody. Um, <laughs> OK, another assumption. Um you're great at boundaries. You set them and you stick to them. To to the annoyance and chagrin of many people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can you give yeah. me an example of a boundary that you set with people regularly? Oh. I love boundaries, by the way. They're individual to every <laughs> I love person. That. Yes, yes, they are. Yeah. They really, really are. I'm just I'm really protective of my my time and, and oh. my space and if I don't want to talk to you, I don't. God bless. That's great. That's great. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I gave up the open mic. That was a boundary thing. Like I was running th- that open mic out of that bar. And then it was the woke people saying like, you know, those people shouldn't be saying that. And then the Rogan people going like, I want to be able to say it. And then they, telling me I had to tell them, you know, which, who could say what. And then I, I went. So one of my boundaries was like, here, you take the mic and run it because I'm not spending my time during my week talking to all of you about this anymore. This has come up a bunch in the podcast producing and that fucking weight you feel as a producer to make those types of decisions and the choice to go, I'm not fucking doing this anymore. And, yeah. and I've talked to a bunch of people who produce and it's consistently come up 
across yeah. the board as a challenge. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is to say that anyone producing a show, you're crazy. Oh, um, insane. You're insane. <laughs> Why? But also, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for the stage time. You're nuts. But it's very tough. And um, If I had to hear the word problematic one more time, if I had to yeah. hear another joke where someone said something homophobic that they didn't need to say, that they could have rewritten the joke 700 other ways and it would have worked fine. Like on both sides of the spectrum, I was like, you need to get it together, people. Yeah. And I think the thing is, too, is, is like there is a middle ground, but that's a tough it's tough to get people there because you're right. You have the extremes. Yeah. You have the you can't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> and you can say everything. It's like, no, there's there's a there's a middle ground here. Yeah. You know, like or that thing. Like, have you is it a thing here where people say you you should only tell the story that's yours to tell? That's definitely a thing that can come up. Yeah, for sure. But then they, they don't know my story. So who's to say that what I'm right. saying, like you're judging based on how I told a joke that it's not my story. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like no, I can yeah. remember Joan Rivers. Uh, there was a guy heckling her and he was saying like, you, you can't tell a joke about deaf people. I have a deaf daughter. How can you do that? And she says, you know, shut up about it. You know, she says, I, my mother's deaf. Yeah. You know, so the things like you don't realize. Yeah. I just think generally speaking, if you're a sensitive person who. Oh, don't go to it, comedy. So I'll, I'll use an example. <laughs> um, so last night I, I did a roast, um, little roast get together. At my friend's birthday, who's a non-comic friend. Right. Who planned a roast for her. And there was um, two comics on the lineup and the rest were non-comics. Okay. I have a joke that I, I had the punchline be a little more offensive than what I thought this audience could handle. You just tried it. Yeah. And I didn't do it because I, I was too scared to. It was about Amber Heard. Like, I, I know that Johnny Depp and Amber Heard stuff is like very polarizing. Right. I don't publicly have an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Privately, I have an opinion. Oh, I just I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> right. Well, there. Well, that's that's it, right? Yeah. Um, and I just literally chose to do a more mediocre joke because I was like, this is like a, yeah. a room of non-comics mostly. Yeah. There was a couple perform like a couple comics there. Um, and if it goes well, it would be amazing. Mm -hmm. But it going bad is going to be far worse. <laughs> so I yeah, chose yeah, yeah, yeah. I chose yeah. not to do, but granted, like. I could probably take that joke and do it like, you know, at a comedy show and it, it would probably be fine. But it was this yeah. weird moment of like me towing that line and figuring out like, is this worth my yeah. energy? It's almost having like, people yeah. come at me. That about little it. voice in your head that like protects you. That's like, if we say this, this could be a problem. Yes. Do yeah. you want to do this? But I love it so much. And I know. And when I say it to well people, written. they laugh. But yeah. fuck. I know. Yeah. It's um, it's a tough thing. And I again, I just um, I sympathize with producers. I think that they're like a crucial part of comedy scenes. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they do it. Um, yeah. My show messages just started being like, hey, uh, if you do a dumb, try and fix it. Thanks. Because like they weren't even reading my messages before the show. And I know this because I had like four points or something or six. Points, I don't freaking know. But like point four was if you read this all the way through and prove it to me, I will give you a beer. Never gave out a beer. Shut up. That's such a good idea. Put yeah. it like hide it in there somewhere near the end. All like, they cared about was the lineup. They opened it up to see the lineup, to see where they were, to see how many minutes they got. Right. And they didn't care about the rest of it. 
Yeah. I had, um, I found myself being overly sensitive to that when I, 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 for a very brief time, two, two shows ran an open mic at Dal, actually Mm -hmm. at the Grawood, the bar there. And, uh, they told me when I started the room that like, they have a code of standards or whatever Mm -hmm. that performers have to abide by, which is essentially just like, don't be a fucking racist. Like, don't like punch down to certain groups, you know, the, don't be an asshole. The basics. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. I, I had to do the thing where I had to get comics to like read it. And I don't, I don't think anyone did, but I did sit there in the first night being a bit nervous. Yeah. I won't lie. Because the thing is, is like people take things how they want to take them. Yeah. And most people do not consider um, intention when they're hearing things they don't like. No, they just hear the buzzword they don't like. And then they're, exactly, right? they go and they focus they yes. focus on it because here's the thing. And I wonder if you agree with this. People can get addicted to their own stress hormones. They're yeah, addicted probably. to stress. Yeah. They're, they actually some people like just it. seem to be addicted to being drama. Yes. And it circles around them like a tornado. Yes. And they're not happy unless something is, is chaotic is going on. Yeah. And it's like, no, everything's finally good. Can you just breathe? Yeah. Yeah. Which is an insane thing. Yeah. I think I've been like that in the past. Oh, I definitely have been like that in the past. Right? But then you realize this isn't worth it anymore. What the, I'm losing relationships. I'm, it's it's not sustainable. The common denominator to my problems is myself. Right. (laughs) Once you realize that it's, you got to cut it the fuck off and not. Yeah. And choose peace. Like choose peace actively. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I was starting to feel like that more with the open mic and all the messaging and all the, and I was like, this is starting to feel like you're all trying to rope me into that. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Boundaries, team boundaries. You also assumed before right. we started podcasting, I would just like to say uh, on the record that you thought I was young. Well, uh, thank you. 35. I would have put That's you on. Right. I am 35. That's exactly- six years younger than you are. Right? Thank you for outing me. I was trying to go along with this. <laughs> yes, I'm 41. I thought you were, I thought you were 30. <laughs> I Thank you so much. <laughs> okay, this is fun. More assumptions. Um, I just wrote that you're really great at heart to hearts um, because I feel like you're someone who's honest and you hear people out. Like... Number one, you sent me like the most lovely voice message like before my X weekend that oh did I? Yes, I'm I so grateful for <laughs> because it put me at such ease and a lot of people were making me feel really dumb for the feelings I was having. Um, and uh, aren't people great? Aren't people great? Right? Ugh. You express insecurities and they're like, you don't deserve to have those insecurities. You um, shouldn't feel that way. Let me fix it for you as soon as you said how you feel. <laughs> but it's like it's not something that everyone. Uh, has the time to do and you you took the time to like send me like a like a two minute like voice memo that was so reassuring um so i just assume that like you're someone who's like you you do good heart to hearts and you you yeah. seem to balance the you're not an emotional dumper so you're not the only one doing the talking no. you know when to stop when to listen when Hate to talk emotional dumpers they make me insane yeah. like i am so cautious when i write to people or when i talk to them that i value their time like yeah. if I'm asking like for, for a mentor's time, I will always be sure to say like, Hey, do you have 10 minutes? Do you have 15 minutes? Yes. So that I don't make them feel like it might be this open-ended thing where they're stuck with me 
forever and ever and ever. So, yeah. What a lovely quality to have because some people don't have that and it's fucking frustrating. Yeah. So I am I'm good at heart to hearts. But if you are an emotional dumper, one of my one boundaries is I, I don't. Fascinating. I um I had a friend message me last night in what could be perceived as an emotional dump, <clears throat> but I made the decision in the moment being like, I'm letting this happen because, because sometimes people are in a state of like oh, sure, true sometimes. crisis and exactly right. If and you're that's, not like you that, that 95% out. of the time, go nuts. Everybody has a minute. Exactly right. That's yeah. just it. But if you're someone who's constantly doing that. Yeah. Um, and so do you, I'm curious then if someone starts to emotionally dump, how do you approach stopping? Just it. ghost them. Just <laughs> <laughs> what if it's in person? Oh God! Is it a? It's difficult. I don't have capacity to do this right now. Is that a good thing to say? It is. I have trouble in the moment. Like usually, I I ride that situation out, and then the boundary comes into effect after. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. Because who knows how to handle that in the moment? That's a tough thing to do. Because they're right there in front of you. you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard because you feel bad for them because you have empathy and like you want to be there. And at the same time, like they're just when you start to talk to help them, they're just waiting for you to stop talking so they can say the next thing and you can see it in their face. So you feel like you can't even really talk. Yeah. So you're like, am I required for this conversation or? Yeah. Hot tip, people. Just talk into a mic and record it yourself. I've done a bunch of like private podcasts that I haven't posted for anybody. Um, That's just me ranting. (laughs) Put on that mask and go for a walk outside and just talk to yourself. And no one can see because you got on that mask. Because I get needing to talk. I understand having to get it out. Sure. I totally get that. You have to flap your lips sometimes, but it doesn't always have to be to somebody else. I also highly recommend getting off social media. Oh, yeah. To avoid any public meltdowns. Yeah, also vague booking. Can we all agree to stop vague booking? I do it all the time. Sarah, can we agree right now to stop vague booking? <laughs> I but what I'll do is I'll say it's a vague book. So well, that's I'm fair. Okay, self-aware, you're calling it- I'm self-aware vague booker. That's fair. Yeah. I think that's a good compromise. But I like doing it because sometimes I have to to get people interested. Okay, well that's also fair. You know? But like you gotta be self-aware about it. Yeah. I don't like this is a pet peeve. When someone dies and it's very mysterious as to who the person is and what the fuck happened, especially in the comedy community where we lose people all the time. And and like and then you'll hear, I'm such a mess right now. Rest in peace, buddy. And it's like someone, you know, and you're like, do I know who died? Who died? And then it sets you into a panic because you're like, who now? And then and then you don't feel like you can reach out and go, who died? Because that seems insensitive. Yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I feel like if you're going to post about someone dying and then you have to go like creeping around trying to figure out what happened while you're panicking. Yeah. Can, and can I we will, all stop doing that comedy community? Can, can uh, we stop? I will that? do that because I'm obsessed. Well, yeah. And I get obsessed with like specifically how someone dies, especially if they're younger. I'm like, I need to know. Because when what they're the around happened? your age, it's like that selfish thing of like, am I going to die now? Right. Too? Exactly. The thing? Is it Is health it related? Was it suicide? <laughs> Was it an overdose? What? An accident? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. And obituaries never tell you. Did you get your drugs from the same dealer as me? Do I need to look at my stash more carefully? Was something laced that I <laughs> that I ingested? Um, I think people should normalize cause of death more. That's just what I think. I truly think that. Yeah. Um, because you'll just hear the very common, like, they suddenly passed away. 
That scares the hell out of the rest of us. Right? Yeah. Yeah, big time. Ugh. I have a lot of anxiety. That does make me... Co- I, I do think a lot, like, is today the day I spontaneously combust? Is it oh, now? Do you, do you have a death anxiety, too? I do, too. A large amount. Yeah, same. Yeah. And, like, I don't know the way around it, honestly. Um, once you're dead. <laughs> it will matter. That's what I'm... I'm really hoping that I'm not one of those white people that comes back and haunts people. <laughs> Because, like, if I was a person of color, I wouldn't even have to worry about it, right? They're not haunting shit. Like, they're, like, afterlife, yes, please. But white this people are like, ooh, can I hang around and, like, slam some doors and stuff? Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> that's great. Um, let's see, 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 see. Um, okay. I just wrote that I think that you're a decisive person. You're not someone who lingers on decisions. I don't know about that. Oh, really? No, I'm just kidding. Was- ah! <laughs> <laughs> Missed the bit again, Sarah. Fuck. I'm sorry. It's a deadpan thing I do. It, it, it annoys some people. Uh, <laughs> am I decisive? I'm stubborn. Okay. I don't know if that's decisive. That could, that could help with decisiveness, maybe. Like, if you're, if you're someone who knows what you want, you stick to it. And that could yeah. go into the boundaries thing, too, right? Yeah, I just have very big walls around everything which have been created by so many people trying to trample over things that I made that I was like, like okay def- this wall has barbed wire now and it goes this far and it has a moat and go away like defensiveness a little bit or I was being too nice to everybody and having too many good conversations with people and making them feel good about themselves and turning into the friend therapist oh, you know the one who's always there and then you don't get anything back from it really so that's where that came from. Oh, yeah. Because I kept meeting the same person over and over and over in a different body. But, I was like, why you again? So I heard a quote today that was, you will meet the same person your whole life until you learn the lesson. Yeah. And I was like, God damn, that's true. Yeah, that's what my therapist told me two days ago. I was like, isn't that wild? Bitch, why? Um, <laughs> so right. We really do often forget that friendship is two ways. It's. A dynamic is you should be giving and getting. And so many people just give, give, give. And there's so many poor weather friends out there that only talk to you when things are going bad. Or when they want something in comedy. Oh, yeah. It's so true. Well, I mean, I, I lockdowns. Mean, I mean, as soon as the lockdown happens, where are all these people who are having all these conversations and wanted to know about comedy and how's this joke and how would I further this? And then the lockdown uh, happens and you don't talk to me. And then the mic comes back on and it's, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Ooh. Like it's obvious. It's obvious. And it's obvious when someone cares about you more to. Oh, man. Yeah, you know, that's a tough thing. You don't need to thing. do that. Like, it's, you can just go, like, instead of kissing someone's ass, you can just go, like, hey, I'd love to be on this show the next time it's on. Yeah, exactly. Instead of, like, being a sycophant, do you have to do that? No. No. You have to blow smoke at somebody and, like. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. It. I mean, at least you're someone who can see through it. That's that's good. Because I've seen that person too many times. Yes. <laughs> now I know what they look like. Yes. Short hair, long hair, curly hair, straight hair, man, woman, <laughs> baby. They, I can see them. They can come in all forms. Non-binary. I, I can see them all. All forms. <laughs> um, the only other thing I wrote was that you have a closet people want to raid. No. What? I don't think so. I always so. love your outfits and like the way that you style yourself. Thank you. 
I want to raid your closet then. That's just my way of saying Go that. ahead. Come to the island. Just bring some things to replace. <laughs> we'll <laughs> do a like trade. Style too, so. We'll do a trade off. That'd be good. Those are my assumptions about you. But the thing is, is like, I'm going to be learning more about you throughout this conversation. So that's true. I'm going to walk away with a lot less assumptions and more facts. Hopefully not a lot of distaste. No, not at all. <laughs> I adore you. And now that we're fired up, I would love to get into the next segment, which is the rant segment. Right. Time to get negative and there it's not, this is not toxic positivity time. This is what is pissing you off. What's something you, that you could just pop off about, uh, what's bugging you. Uh, it, it bothers me. Did we say this in the warm and you can do, was- you can also do multiple rants if you want. Multiple rants. Maybe one will feed into the other. Do you want to get me started ranting about stuff? Yes. Okay. Let's get me canceled. So. Um, <laughs> I do not happening. like minorities. Oh shit! <laughs> I, I always, I always find it funny because I also have the unpopular opinion segment that I save to the end, and I'm like, no comic has yet to say it, but it would just be funny if someone was just like, "Covid's not real," or like, like <laughs> just like, oh shit! I did a whole episode with someone that I didn't. Yeah, you know. I'm an anti-vaxxer. Believe right? in hot tubs in the middle of the city. Um, <laughs> Oh. Okay, what 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 ranting? Yeah, I, what pisses you off? I don't remember if I said it in the warm up or if I said it before when we were talking. I hate it when people buy tickets to go to a comedy show and they sit at the front at the front. Can I swear? Yes, at the front fucking table, <laughs> <laughs> and like they paid money sometimes, yeah. and then they just stare at you. I also yeah. hate it when like a woman drags her husband out to an art event for the night <sighs> and he didn't realize he had to go see female comedians and he's very <sighs> upset about it. God, and so they sit worst. like this. Yeah. Arms the crossed. The makes me laugh face. And I- women see that far more than men. Let me tell you the crossed armed man. I have every video I have ever taken of any set ever in the first 30 seconds. There is a dude that walks by the camera to go to the bathroom. Yeah. Cause it's the best time. Didn't you know? Yeah. Best time to, to go for a pee break, go for a smoke yeah. while there's a woman on. Perfect. Yeah. They weren't going to say anything interesting. I anyway. got at least five minutes. Ugh. Yeah. It, it makes me nuts. I just think you hit on a great point too about the dragging the husband out. <laughs> what fucking cucks you are. Like, just stay home. <laughs> right? I, don't, I saw guys like this at the mall when I went to the mall and they're sitting on the couches and their girls are shopping and I'm like, dude, it's he doesn't even have worst. a cell phone to look at. Like he didn't come prepared. Have you ever looked into the eyes of a man holding a purse in a store? They have no soul. My, it's been taken. I'm telling you right now, I don't care how desperate people think I am for a relationship. <laughs> I will never, I will never date someone who, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'd like someone to carry groceries for me sometime, but sure. like, like I'm not going to make you go in Sephora and hold my bag as I fill my cart up with makeup. Like, why are no, you doing that? Why? That's my time. You stay the fuck home yes. or go into sport check or whatever. You know what I mean? Go, into, go into a man's store. Yes. You know? Why do they bring them with them to do 13 years? I've been with my husband. He's been shopping with me for clothes twice. twice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cause I go, I'm going shopping for clothes. I'll see you later. Right. And when he did that, did he go into the store with you? Uh, the two times? Yes. And one okay. of them was specific, 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 specifically. <laughs> that word did not come out well. 
That's a hard word to say. Hey, baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he came out because I wanted him to pick the dress for the show. You want an opinion, which yeah. is fair. I get that, but it I wasn't to that. the mall. It was to the dress store. And you were on, it was a mission. It was a, it was a specific thing. It's not like, it's like hour three of a shopping trip and they're just, I, I, yeah. Like how is he supposed to get an erection after that? You know, it's just after a day of that, like there's no Viagra in the world that's going to fix that. Even for a 20 year old man, he's going to need Viagra and it won't help. And I will say, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Back to the comedy show thing. Mm. I, I totally get your rant. It's very frustrating. I think even if you go and you don't laugh, but you smile or you make expressions or you nod, like there's little ways you can show a performer that you're present and listening to them without busting out laughing. Cause not everyone you find funny. And I get yeah. that. You know, you don't want a fake laugh. Um, we want real laughs let's pretend that we're talking about hecklers right now (laughs) instead of pretending we could actually just talk about hecklers before we start doing the point a why the fuck did i say pretend that's so funny (laughs) yeah let's act we're 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 actresses now (laughs) i'm playing the part of sarah you're playing the part of Catherine. um Yeah. So I'm just going to throw a question to you and then we'll, we'll just kind of get rough in on it. Do you find that there's a different type of heckling when you're a female in stand up? shows. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you've seen it. Like you get the silent hecklers, right? You get, you get those ones here, like where they just sit and stare at you. Yes. And with the arms crossed. Yeah. And and I call them trout faces because they look like dead fish. (laughs) Trout faces. I haven't heard that one. Yeah, and you're like, why did you come? But yeah, it's always arms crossed, and they have look, they like they look at you like make me laugh. Yeah, it's very much so a let's see what you got. Like, whereas you know, like men watching men, it's like oh let's let's be entertained. Like it's, sure, it's yeah. entirely Malcolm, different thing. Malcolm and- like did a study about it. And apparently, like, oh. at least I think it was him. I could be name dropping the complete wrong person, but like, let's attribute it to him. Um, that with a man, it's like uh, they look at each other and they're like, oh, he's going to he's going to make me laugh. You know, it's it's yeah. funny. And the other one's it's like make me laugh because a guy thinks that um, another yes. guy's funny, like when they're laughing about stuff. But a guy thinks a girl is funny when she's laughing at his jokes that's right oh she just has a good sense of like really when when a guy says they want a funny girl they want someone to be laughing at them yeah they want they want a girl with a sense of humor not necessarily a funny (laughs) funny woman like a sidekick yeah a sidekick yeah they want to be laughed at not made laugh which is yeah i know so yeah those hecklers so you get those ones do you you notice any other ones i'm just trying to think i mean I think the oblivious talk over you with yeah. good intentions heckler is, is, is an archetype. Like the ones that um, want to be part of a show so much, they try to beat you to the punchline okay. or do you know what I mean? Like they're, they're like good intentioned interrupters is what I would call them. Like they, yeah, Claire they had that the other night, remember? yes like remember like she got up to headline and the the crowd was so lukewarm like the last night there yeah and the one girl like she she blurts out i think it like it was her 19th birthday or something that's right you know yeah. claire was so funny she's like oh you've been waiting all night to be included like it was <laughs> I loved that. yeah they were like that an audience we were funny. saying to each other that like they just want to you and i were saying to each other they just want to be a part of the show they just want to be part of the show which yeah. 
if they're being positive like i mean there's ways you can play with that as a comic yeah more so than the the someone who's just like maybe aggressively yelling or um routing what's that we had one of those last night at the open mic he got booted out oh no really yeah Ah. he was he was trying to join in on every comment it was well i'm glad that he got booted like someone from the the pub like yeah i don't know the one time the owner happened to be there (laughs) it's like the one time we had a heckler it was great fucking i love when people take that type of thing seriously like hosts i love it when a host will like tell people to shut the fuck up and like oh, walk yeah, up people during, but oh it went really? on for like a few comics but yeah what are you gonna do yeah that's so right. maybe it's just they didn't know how to handle it yeah yeah so. that's that's fair um the other thing too is um that we talked about was uh the joy you feel when you make a man laugh and how that's oddly satisfying as a woman when you do yeah. get that validation yeah, and it's one of those things that whole thing that we were just talking about yeah it's one of those things where we we don't want to need that validation but we but need feels, that validation feels damn good doesn't it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I, i'm always I happier when it. i can make the guys laugh at maybe it's because it's harder to make them laugh think that's what it is i think it's because we have so much stacked up against us and we broke down that wall yeah it's like even you laughed okay so i really got everyone i think maybe that's what it is i'm hoping it it's is. not needing male approval <laughs> <laughs> like what if it is <laughs> i know what it is hey Catherine. i know it is for me um yeah, okay probably is for me too there you go. So hey, that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, it's not, right? You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's funny for someone, I think, and maybe you're similar. Um, it's funny for someone like me where so much of my comedy is shitting on men. <laughs> but then I'm like, can you laugh at the jokes that I'm making about making fun of you, please? Yeah, no, I, I get that because I've had a new bit that I did through crowd work like a few weeks ago where I I got mad at them, like like not mad mad, but like I got like pissy at like the hosts for my intro. I went up and started doing some crowd work about like how I didn't like that one, I didn't want to touch the mic because I was worried it had too much cock on it and I didn't want to get pregnant with some like weird comedian's baby. Right. Yeah. And I was like, so I expect them to be on my side and want to talk to me at the same time. I'm calling them dirty and they don't know how to wash their hands. And I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm not making friends well. Like, I'd be mad if they did that about me. (laughs) Same. I'm like, you guys are pieces of shit. Date me. (laughs) You know what I think of you. Do you want to go out with me? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm not really a misandrist. It's just my stage personality. Yeah, totally. I really love you. What is your opinion on ladies' nights? So, like, one rant that I always have in comedy is that, like, people tend to downplay ladies' nights as, like, easy or, you know, like, like too encouraging. Or they'll say things like, you would be great on a ladies night like okay well that's a little insulting the first two things are true though it is an easier room you know yeah yeah do you think do you think it is oh yeah because people yeah well they're they're there to hear a certain kind of comedy and they're there to laugh which is great i mean it's unusual for an audience to all be there to laugh so that's a 
it's a great yeah. thing. You can also just talk about certain things and it's like the certain keywords and buzzwords that people want to hear. That's right. And then it's easier to get a laugh. And they're prepared for it. They know what they're getting going into it. So yeah, I just, I can't put my finger on exactly why, but I always do find them to be easier audiences, mm-hmm. which isn't bad. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole room of people laughing who the heck doesn't want an easier audience, but truly, 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 truly. The only thing I... is like, it's that gets wrong with it. Like if you see new comics where they start there and they only do that, Mike, that's it. Right. That's there. where I think the trouble yes. comes in because then yes. you get used to this false sense of security where it's like, everything is nice and cuddly and cozy. But then when you go outside of it, it's a shock to them. That is, you are so right about that. I can't yeah. say enough how important it is to do a variety of mics. Like do the yeah. shitty mics, do the, do the really good ones, like do them all. Get, all of them. Get the full gamut. Cause, yeah. cause it's, it's going to literally be like jumping into a hot tub after like being in a lukewarm pool kind of thing like that kind of contrast oh yeah see I had it the yeah that's maybe why I I'm like it's too easy because I did it the other way I went to the the dive bar for so long and I had the tough laughs for so long that I'm like well this is too easy but yeah I I should enjoy it more probably when it comes around right no yeah. yeah but all that pain was good for me like it made me super tough it doesn't matter to me if an entire room of people just stares at me there, it really it, it thickens the skin quite yeah, a bit. Well, I still don't love it. Like no one loves it, but oh, God, no it one doesn't it. hurt my soul anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I don't take it personally. And I can talk it, my way out of it too. Like it taught me how to banter. So you don't learn how to banter if you just do like a set, a set set. <laughs> a set, set. set. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It, it makes you fight for it in a weird way. And so in this part two interview with you, um, you have already done your yucks set. Um, yeah. How did you feel about the two nights that you did yuck yucks? Uh, it ended up being three, like not efficient because the one was the pro-am night on the Thursday. Oh, right. so I, at right. least I got to get comfortable with the space, but it's not a, officially a yucks night. So that was really helpful. And I loved that night. That night I got to talk in my own voice. I think we were talking about that last time I just done that. And we were about to do like just the actual yucks weekend. And I really liked it. I just wish that the nights could have been flipped because the audience on the last night, they just... They didn't laugh at a punchline that always gets a laugh. So it was like, I know it's not me. I know it's just you guys and the mood you're in or whatever. It's just, it was, it was a work night, you know, and I wanted the work night to maybe be the first night and then the fun night to be the second night. Isn't that funny how that goes? Oh my gosh. Yeah. But it was everybody had trouble. So I didn't feel, you'd feel bad if it was only you who had trouble and everybody else sails through. It's something I've been witnessing a lot at Yuck Yucks lately. I don't know what it is. Uh, this past weekend that I went, it was a similar thing where I was watching going, these comics, like all the comics in the back were dying laughing. Dying laughing. Yeah. Um, and were- the audience was very tepid. And I'm just going, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Like, like what like- did they want? <laughs> what more did they want from Claire? I think I said to you, like, pearls before swine. Like, what more do you want her to do? Right. But I tap shoes and start dancing for you at the same time. Like she was doing great. She was doing so great. And and I really do think sometimes it's just a fucking crap crowd for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. It's it's a crapshoot of combination of people that you're getting in a room, you know? 
And maybe yeah. there are some people who are super skilled, like Robin Williams, if he could come back from the dead and go in that room, like maybe probably he could do it. Yeah. But, but I also think that an important factor that people tend to forget about is the how you stack a lineup, like the styles of comics that you put on together in the host and mm-hmm. how they all play together. Um, yeah, I, I think that that, that go, like actually a good example of that is uh, Claire was once on the same Yucks night as Scott McClain, who's, uh, I don't know if you've seen Scott. He's I've, this I've white man. Very... He's one of those white men that I've heard about. He's a Scott, a Peter, a Jim, <laughs> and I don't, I wouldn't know. Right? Yeah. He, he's like, he's very like high energy, loud, like kind of ranty. Um, and, and then Claire was after him and Claire goes up and she goes, uh, I'm sorry for this weird transition and energy. This is like, if, uh, if (laughs) a heavy metal band opened for a folk singer (laughs) (laughs) and I was like, that's so dead on. You have to keep in mind stuff like that. Right. She addressed it right away too, which is good because otherwise the tone would have happened like the change in tone and. Yeah, you really have to address the elephants in the room, because oh everybody God. sees it. So if you they hear it, so if you don't do it, yeah, I I would agree. And like control, especially like if if something doesn't land, like addressing that it didn't land. I have issues. I I need to do that more mm. because I do think that 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 does help. Because at least then the audience knows that you're you're not dumb. You you know what I mean? Like you you're self aware. You know that what you did didn't work. I went uh, up last night with all new material and um, I went up and I put them all on cue cards because it's great because then you can preface it to the audience and you can say it's all new material. So if it doesn't land, you know, that's fine. And, you know, I just flipped from card to card and it was so much easier that way. And that way, when something doesn't land, especially with new material, I can just go, well, that didn't work. Oh, well, next one. Maybe the next yeah. one will be a winner. Yeah. And like being able to do that at mics is really, really good. Um, and just not feeling bad about it if it doesn't land. Like, it's not personal. You can just laugh and be like, well, that was funny in the shower, so you should be with me in the shower. <laughs> Maybe then you think it's funny. Or you just, you, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I like doing the um, bringing something to stage, um, almost like a rant. Like, like I had a, a texting situation with a guy, and then something happened with that that I was so pissed that I was like, I, I just want to talk about it on stage and see if there's anything funny there. No, I don't want to know what the situation is, but we can keep moving. But I oh, it, it was essentially that we had been texting for a full year and had never gotten together. Catfish. Uh, Catfish. Uh, no. So no. kind of a long story. Like I actually know this person. We had gone on a date like many years ago, and then we reconnected, um, and we're texting, 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 mm-hmm. and like kept doing the we should get a drink and then making plans and then one of us would cancel or like it just wouldn't happen and so the whole the whole joke was like I could have like I would have a three-month-old right now if I got knocked up on the date that we like 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 that's how long I've been in the talking like a single people we call it the talking phase like the the talking we didn't have to do this before (laughs) The talking phase is like when you're like talking back and forth, like, oh, we should do this. We should do that. And you haven't actually met up yet. That's a and long I, talking phase. One fucking year. One fucking year. Well, he cared. He would meet up with you. He deserved the joke, you know? And, and, and then I always like to say, I'm like, 
to be fair, too, I'm also a dumb bitch. I should not have gone that long talking to someone who clearly did not want to get together with me. So I'm I'm very self-aware in that. But, but I needed I, that last person on the list in my text messaging for when I thought no one else wanted to talk to me that day. So I just wanted to keep that option open. Pretty much. Held up um, hope for so long. I took that to stage and I just kind of ranted a bit. And then I went, eh, there's not really a punchline to that yet. Moving on. And then like, like that was kind of fun just to do, just to like, yeah, just well, sometimes you don't have the punchline yet. Mm. Sometimes you get stuff from just bantering when you're up there. Exactly. And you're just seeing if there's any nuggets, if there's nuggets of gold kind of thing. Mm. Um, I love it. Love that. So, okay. Okay. Catherine, are you ready for the next segment? <laughs> We got here, I guess the, real, um, the re- reason I'm laughing is we're both aware that this is the second part two of your interview with me. Um, you've do. already done two segments, uh, but this is my favorite segment. This is the segment where we get to know why you aren't perfect. You're not a perfect human. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to know what's wrong with you. On a minor level from listening to the the first half of this podcast, I say yep so much in response to things that if people want to go back to listen to the beginning and play a drinking game, they'll get smashed. Uh, That's like a micro level. Um, What else is wrong? Now you're going to notice it through the rest of the thing. Yep. 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 No, I don't mind yeps, by the way. Things like that. You're at least you're not a mm-hmm person. I was picking that up today though, because I was trying not to yap. Maybe I should get rid of it. I don't know. Now. But but those things make us human, and they make the conversation feel more real. In my opinion, um, I've listened to podcasts before with people who every one second it's mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Ooh, that's worse. Mm-hmm. I totally think it's worse. So that's worse. Don't be too hard on yourself. On the uh, yeps. Connected to the micro, what's wrong with me? I have Im- imposter syndrome terribly. Oh, a comedian with imposter syndrome? Goodness. <laughs> there are dozens of us. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't feel like you deserve the wins that you get kind of thing? I have a hard time accepting them. And I get kind of almost upset when something good happens because I feel like I don't deserve it. And it's like looking over your shoulder going, who, me? You wanted me? Surely not me. The person who couldn't do a somersault in gym class when she was seven? You don't want me. (laughs) Oh, You can't accept that you did good. No, which is sad because it means that all the, the good things that you're experiencing, you have to fight really hard to enjoy yourself to tell yourself to calm down like you're not going to get that experience again so you might as well try and enjoy yourself it's a very tough thing to manage because I think so many people will tell you in comedy you have to be humble you have to be you can't be cocky in comedy right oh 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 like I mean I think cocky is if you're not getting in anyone else's lane and you're not being an asshole yeah yeah you gotta have enough pride that you have a bit of swagger right that's very true confidence is great yeah but but the cockiness is Mm. where i i'm not so much a fan yeah that would be a fine i'm i'm better than everybody type thing um oh okay we all know that like 
yeah, some people are better than others. Like, like we all kind of know who's better than who or like kind of where we fall comedically. But like just that attitude of being better than. Yeah, um, I noticed that when I was in Halifax, there was there were more than one person that, that they were sort of acting like I, I didn't exist. Like, and they were having like a conversation and I wasn't required for it, but there were only the three of us there. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Like walk away? Do you have to make this super awkward? Like, I know I'm not at your level, but what happens if one day I get to your level, like whatever that is. And I'm, I'm going to remember that. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have cost you anything just to turn to me every couple of sentences and include me, but because I'm somewhere else on the food chain. And that's not fun. Like, yeah. It's not fun to feel like that. Even like we all know that there's levels, but like we should be bringing people in, <laughs> you know, yeah. like like you always hear good stories of like pro comedians. And a lot of times you'll like you'll hear, you know, so and so was super nice to me as a newbie. And like that's an outstanding yeah. quality to have, in, yeah. in pro, you know, oh, to be yeah. those people are super sweet. Like I like them so much. Yeah. Yeah, like it's Claire cool. and Dan Hendrickson and Sean Hogan and James Mullinger. He's been James, so yeah. helpful to me. Like it's yeah. nice, and it's like it's the people who don't feel like they have anything to lose by helping you. That's right. So they're Are confident in your existence. Yeah, it's like there's more than enough room for all of us, so it doesn't hurt them. Right. That's right. Yeah. No. Just a better it's attitude. Quality. Some so. people act like they're like those mountain goats, you know, that have like the tiny purchase on a steep cliff, and they're like, "You can't come up here, man." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's and there's a clickiness that can happen in the smaller scenes for sure. And no, I have never <laughs> experienced this. <laughs> I just think it's funny because <laughs> I personally have no concept of big city scenes because I've never. Know. So I have no idea what like a place like Toronto would be like. I've been um, told the same kind of drama exists everywhere. I yes. So I hear from what I hear, it's like there's still drama in Toronto, but there's just so many comics that I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's just like <laughs> there's like communities of clicks that happen versus one big one. <laughs> probably like there's probably a click from the safer space one and a click from the. Like say whatever you want one and a click from some other thing I haven't thought of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like the thing is with stuff like that, like you saying coming to Halifax and, and feeling like people didn't acknowledge you. Well, not uh, everyone. Well, not everyone. Sometimes. You notice it. You notice it. Like you oh, can't, yeah. it can't go unnoticed, right? Like so much of comedy and why it's, why people enjoy it is bonding with other comedians so when you don't have that Mm -hmm. I like that so much more when you don't have that experience it kind of sucks I have so much more fun I don't know if you do too at the comedian's table than I do on stage sometimes yes it's a group of people who understand that you can say whatever you want and you're not doing it to hurt the other person you're all just joking around so it's everybody who can act like you act exactly which is relieving so when that doesn't happen it's like that was part of the fun like why do you, you don't like get that you don't get the serotonin hits from doing yeah, an could you mind. give me my dopamine right oh, yes please withholding yeah yeah I, i'd much rather hang with like i've done mics before not wanting to do mics just because i'm like oh i love the lineup so i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah because who's gonna be there yeah, exactly. Who can? Who, it's a social thing a lot of the times. 
Um, it so, absolutely is. Yeah. Yeah. If I know Joe Revel is coming out to the mic because he hasn't been coming out so much lately, he's busy like doing other things. I'm, I'm so happy. I'm like, oh, good. My friend's coming. And I'm I, not like I'm thinking about my set during the day. I should be, but I'm more excited to see my friend. Like, <laughs> When did that stop for you? I'm curious. Like the thinking, like, because when I started comedy, I would be nauseous all day. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't true. be able to think about anything but the set. I remember I would be nervous, nervous, nervous. I would like not eat because I didn't want to poop. Oh, like, yeah. 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 <laughs> and then at, at a certain point, I stopped caring. <laughs> I found the downstairs bathroom that no one else used, and I decided that we were fine. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I shouldn't have given that intel away. <laughs> there is no downstairs bathroom at the bar. None. Was there a certain point in your comedy journey? I hate saying that comedy journey that you got less nervous. That I was less nervous. Yeah, it was after I bombed a couple times. Yeah, like badly, and then I stopped caring. And one yeah. of them had to be for Dan. First time he had oh, ever God. booked me, ever. And I, and it hurt. Like it hurt badly. It doesn't oh, hurt anymore, and I God. needed it. But like, and there was another night. Where, oh, like it, the thing with Dan's, I forgot that we were, um, I, I looked at Google Maps to see where the, the thing was. And I typed in Trackety Community Center. So, and it, it said it was in Mount Stewart. Um, couldn't have possibly been in a place called Trackety. So I went up and did my whole first few minutes talking to Mount Stewart. I said, hey, Mount Stewart. And I had like Mount Stewart specific jokes. Oh my God. And I get off stage and then Dan like looks at me and goes, you know, we're in Trackety. Like, you know how he is? And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> no, no, no. And I didn't have that much fun with my set anyway, because it was the first time a bright light was ever shining right at me. I didn't even know that could happen. Right. So I couldn't see anyone. So that was different. Fuck. And I was already nervous because it was him and he never booked me on anything. So, and, and Claire too, because she, she had just come at that point to the island. I was like, oh, so they're both booking me on something. And yeah, it was pressure's bad. on. Pressure's on. You feel that pressure? Yeah. Uh, he will still look at me and like I will look at him like when we I'll be like I'm in, I'm in Charlottetown like I know where I am <laughs> yeah and then another time like Jim Temple and uh who else like a bunch of other people from Nova Scotia came over a few months later and they did a show out of like my normal bar and I stood up like they had me do a set and I stood up I couldn't remember a word of my set really i had to look at my really good friend uh, and you're like hey um what do i talk about and he goes karen's and i went okay and i could remember my jokes but it was painful like it was oh, really God. like i didn't know english so i was laughing with them when i saw them this time like it was chris uh is it halef yes yeah yeah so yeah, he was doing that thing where like he saw me this past time. He was like, oh, hey, whatever. You know, and I did my set right. at Barely's. And I did okay at Barely's. And I walked by him. He goes, good set. And I was like, yeah, I can do okay when I remember English, right? <laughs> like, I know I ate shit for the record. I'm yeah. aware. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't fun. No. Well, that makes sense. And then I was less fun. nervous after that. Being aware um, and knowing how to bomb makes you one of the good ones. So... What I'm saying is you're one of the good ones, okay? Accept it. I will accept it. You are as well. Just, we are just the good ones. Just j just deal with it. You're talented and funny, all right? You have to deal with it too because you're talented and funny, all right? Okay, are we doing a compliment war or something? I think so. 
<laughs> okay, so imposter syndrome is one thing you have. What else is yeah. wrong with you? You want more things that are wrong with me? There's got to be more than that. Oh, there's a ton of things wrong with me. Is Do you have anxiety? Oh, yeah, lots. I had to, I was writing down a list for uh, Nikki Payne. She has me doing an exercise and she's like, write down a whole bunch of your worries, you know, and when you oh, don't have okay. any more, write five more. And I didn't have that problem for a while. Like I just kept writing page after page of my worries. <laughs> this might be a problem. I worry that I worry too much. <laughs> Do you have any worries that are like next level crazy or maybe crazy is not the right word, yeah. like irrational worries? rational because like I do like I get on like we're talking about death I get on the bus and I won't (laughs) I won't sit in front of any (laughs) sounds so bad I won't sit in front of a man or especially if the man looks sketchy or off-putting because I'm scared of like being like beheaded or stabbed from oh well that's a different thing but at least (laughs) if it ever happens you won't be the person it happened to you know, it's like such, it's such a weird thing. Is like, it irrational like, or is it sensible? Like I, I don't like heights at all. I got suckered into Trigo one time by mistake, and I was up at the top, and I was like, you know, people are like, do you have a fear of heights? And I'm like, no, I don't have a fear of heights. Like I have a completely rational fear of falling to my death. That's like, true. <laughs> you know, so maybe your fear is rational because it has. There has been a beheading on a bus. There has been a beheading on the bus. I've also gotten off of buses. Because I've just sensed sketchy energy from somebody and I've just felt. You always have to go like, with that though. As a woman, there's just a thing and we just know. We just know. I always tell girls like younger than me, I'm like, if you feel that, don't ever question yourself. Just go with it. I mean, there's no harm that can come from me doing that. It's, no. it's only putting me at ease and it's not affecting anybody else. But my thing is, is like, the sketchy thing that I think is ever going to happen never ends up happening. It's not like I get off a bus because of a bad vibe. And then an hour later, I see like a news report being like someone shot up a bus. It never when happens. It happens you're going to feel so smart. When it happens, I no one, if I'm like, no one it I think I need to like text someone or I think I need to tweet every time I get off a bus because of a bad vibe so that I have the time code. There it is. In the off case that it does happen, or I need to text someone and be like, I felt sketchy today. Um, so I got off a bus. Like, <laughs> like just to prove that I called it. I have a weird thing that that happens, and I, it's like a Donnie Darko kind of thing, like where I can tell sometimes what's gonna happen a couple of seconds before it does. Like really? I've known that people in my family were dead before anyone told me. Wait, wait, what? Who was sick. what? Yeah, it's strange. I, I call them useless psychic powers. <laughs> Because there's like no stopping it. Like it's, you know, it's shit that already happened for anyone. But I'll think like, oh, aunt so-and-so. And like, they're not sick. There's nothing wrong. And I'll be like, I wonder how they're doing, you know, because they were like a distant branch of the family, maybe. You yeah. Know? And I'll look it up and be like, obituary. Great. Why was I thinking about you when you died like two days ago? It's weird. So it's usually like within a short time frame. Eh? It's not like weeks or months. Yeah. And then there's uh, like, I'll say like, you know, strange like big ten dollar words that you don't usually say so i'll have something like that come in my head and then it will come up on the tv a few seconds later and it's more than a coincidence oh that's creepy so it's useless it's useless it does nothing for me nothing at no. all 
Could you ever? It makes me feel special, so I like to believe it's real, even if it's not. I'm going to choose to believe. Is a lot of it connected to deaths and sickness, or are there other like? Could you predict pregnancies or? I just well, don't you always know when a girl is pregnant? (laughs) I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's a psychic thing. I'm just. I feel like you can. I don't know. I've just been able to tell, but I think that that's just because you can just tell. Yeah. Well, I think once they're at a certain point, you can kind of tell. Yeah, but if like I haven't seen the person and then it turns out they were dead, like that was that's different. Yeah. No one has ever been out of sight. And I was like, they're probably pregnant. But like there was remember when the shingles vaccine was new? Mm. And I was, you know, I was seeing it everywhere and I was thinking about it. And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Why am I thinking about this all the time? And then my mom called me and she goes, Guess what I just got? And I said, Shingles. (laughs) It could be a coincidence, but it makes me feel special to think. Maybe I know things. You might be a little psychic. Are you into like hippie woo-woo, witchy stuff? I'm more on the rational side. Like I used to think <laughs> it. And then we like we watched every ghost video on YouTube during the pandemic. Like all of them. Oh, really? No, I'm not so much of a believer. Sometimes though. Oh, interesting. It's that's fascinating to me. You, that you like kind of have some psychic ability, but you don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, well, like. It's George Carlin had that thing, like, they're haunting you, like, you know, and, like, parents haunting their kids, and, like, what if you didn't have any kids? Who's, who are you going to haunt then? And, like, right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, really. Oh, and they're always okay. white, the ghosts. <laughs> always. Maybe not. Yeah, and most Maybe of the we're... ghost hunters are white. International ghost hunters are fun. Ooh, international ones. Oh, like, they're a different flavor everywhere, ghost hunters. Oh, that's like all over the world, like in North America, they're all nervous and they're like, I have goosebumps. Did you see my goosebumps? Oh, what was that? What was that over there? What was that? But then in, uh, what is it? Uh, why can I not think of it? It starts with an S, Syria, the place where they had the terrible war. They have people that go through buildings and they go ghost hunting and they go in like praying and yelling at the ghost. You know, right. in China, they believe in yelling at the ghosts and also farting at them. Oh my God, What? Apparently, that is a way to ward off an evil spirit is to have gas at them. Really? Yeah, international ghost videos, like hunting videos, are fun. I need to look into that because I've only kind of gotten into the ones, I guess, in North America. Nuke's Top 5 on YouTube has... Okay. Counts them down. You have to sit through the bullshit of them walking around and looking. Oh, my God just the highlights only and he puts a circle around it in case you didn't see it <laughs> you'd be like oh i'm looking at the green part okay i kind of see the thing so i had my friend kim Mosier, who who's part of the tv show on east link called haunted which is like a paranormal investigation show okay and she like she's a big believer in ghosts she has a bunch of equipment she does investigations she she's very much on record saying orbs are bullshit like when you see orbs on camera <laughs> it's just dust bitch like <laughs> like she's she's very honest about it she's she like should write a book and the title should be it's just dust bitch it's just dust yes that was her um unpopular opinion when she came on the show she was like orbs bullshit because <laughs> <laughs> like every single video is like look at the orbs look at the orbs um and yeah she's she's very against them so <laughs> i guess i do believe it sometimes yeah yeah it's, it's, it's just one of those things. It's one of those those weird things. Like, I've never really had any experiences. I yelled at a ghost on a ghost walk once because I was pretending like it wasn't a thing. Like, they gave us a tour of the custom oh. house in Hamilton where, like, tons of people have died. So, really haunted. And they let us go off on our own and do little investigations. 
So Jay has like my husband has the electronic gadget. Like oh nice. You know, yeah, he's yeah. not really doing much. And we're in this little room that they don't usually let people go in because it's too creepy for the regular tour. And it's called like the caretaker's room. And the caretaker oh, okay. was supposed to be this guy who was old and died there. Uh, so it, his stuff isn't working and I've got like this little like necklace and it goes this way for yes and this way for no. And I was doing this and I was like, you probably don't even exist. And the thing broke off in my hand. Yeah. And then I, I ran away and left him you. to die at the hands of the ghost. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Whoopsie daisies. I saved myself. That's so funny. Okay, so you've useless psychic abilities, which yeah. I think are, I don't think that's a what's wrong with you. I think that's a gift. A gift that you have to appreciate. Or it's um, not real and I'm just <laughs> messed. All my death haters things. are like, she's messed. <laughs> you got death anxiety. Um, you mentioned when we psychic. chatted before about your nap napping habit. Mm. I Compulsive do have a napping, napping. habit. I nap. I nap a lot. I like to nap too much. And I never know if it's because like something's wrong with me or I need a B12 shot or because it was just because I wanted to nap. Do you sleep when you get stressed? Oh, yeah. Big stress sleeper. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I'm like, you know what will fix this? Momentary unconsciousness. <laughs> That's a great Let's have a new coma. Let's just. Right? Yeah. 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 I go full shutdown when I'm overwhelmed. I'm like. No, can't. We're going to reboot this machine. But unfortunately, my reboots aren't like, you know, people are like, oh, just take like a 10, 20 minute nap. Like, no, like when I go out, it's like two to three hours and it's done. And that's just, that's a useless thing. And so, okay, what is your typical nap time that you have these random just naps? like whenever I decide I want to have this fucking, but I don't have kids, you know? And like, I yeah. work on my business late into the night. Like I still put in like, a 12 hour work day sometimes even though I have this weird nap so you just you put you put the 12 hours in like scattered maybe through yeah, the day like 10 versus... like usually like somewhere between 8 to 10 12 hours of work and then like I always manage to fit a nap in somewhere you know what Plus, also my not... dogs don't help yeah oh, because they yeah. see the rainbow blanket which is like okay I already decided to nap but then they see it and then they want to come and like one lays on me here and like one cuddles up here and just so nice. That's How so can cute. I know? Can I ask? Are you a are you a bad sleeper? Like <laughs> in the nighttime when people are supposed to sleep, are you? Do you, <laughs> actually, do you actually sleep well? Um, or are you? Do you find that you're sleep deprived a lot? Uh, as long as it's dark room and I have the sound machine on and the dog's not farting in my face, which she has been for the past five days, it's off putting. Um, I sleep fine. Okay. And do you like, do you go to bed early? Like, do you go to bed at the same time every night? Like, do you have a, a bedtime? No, because I do that ADHD thing where we stay up too late. Oh. Do you do that one? Other, oh, oh, that one? Oh, oh, yeah. Because I get more things done. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah. What do they call it? It's like a very typical ADHD thing. It's but like I don't want to give nine it up or, because I'm so productive. The 9 or 10 p.m. like boost? Oh, or, Yeah, it's like 9 p.m. Right? Yes. Why yeah, am I no, going to change that to try and be like neurotypical? Screw that. <laughs> they're just jealous. They're just jealous because they need to go to bed at 10. You right. know? Jealousy. What made you realize, um, what things did you put together in your life that made you realize you had ADHD? When um, were you like, oh, this is it? 
when I saw like the list of traits for ADHD in women, it was just like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, great, good. Now well, there we go. That explains the other half of me. Autism got one half. The other half could be the ADHD. <laughs> that is fun. That is a wonderful combination. Thank you. <laughs> it's like it's a glorious cocktail. No, it's not. <laughs> but I'm trying to make it work. <laughs> when did you? When did those things happen for you? So so you you knew the autism thing more early, right? And then ADHD came later. Yeah, ADHD was like last year, the year before, because I tried to go back to school and it was an unmanageable nightmare and I hated every single minute of it. Oh my God. So I didn't go back for the second year. I was like, no, I have to find a way to make my life work that isn't fitting me in somebody else's box. Like I'm a round peg. I don't fit in a square hole. So yeah. stop trying. Yeah, exactly. Go find a round hole, right? Or make a round That's hole yourself. That's what he said. Um, <laughs> uh, that cheap joke. <laughs> yeah. So you you realize that that's so. And the, the I would love to actually talk about autism because this is something that I think a lot of people misunderstand. Um, because we were talking yeah. before about the glorious Headless. misperception that Netflix puts out to the world about autism Ooh. through the lovely show Love on the Spectrum. Do we? <laughs> Do we, we didn't talk about that in the first half, did we? No. No, this was something that got cut off because the audio gods are mean. The I, audio I gods. hate love on the spectrum. I hate that it is trending and that like so many people are probably, and like, I haven't watched it, which is bad because usually when I have an opinion, I will watch the whole thing and then I will go, okay, here's my opinion. But that just it got me angry when I started watching it because it's like, oh, here's a damaged person. Try to, we'll match them up with another person we think is damaged when they're not. They're just different. And so they're like, oh, look at the cute autistic people. Right? Yeah. And it's this weird, like, not little monkeys. This <laughs> weird glamorized little. thing of people going, well, sometimes I feel weird. So maybe I'm autistic. And it's just like, that's oh, not how that works. You so know? Many people who go, like, well, it's everybody's on the spectrum. No, you're not. Does it affect your daily life? Are you having an issue with it? No. Right. You're not, not everybody's not a little bit autistic. Sorry. Yeah. Not yeah. sorry in the slightest. But people love labels these days. They just love, they want to collect. Gotta collect catch labels. them all. They're in the new Pokemon. <laughs> Pokemon and the Beyblades and the Pogs of the world now. Pogs. Oh my God. Yeah. Mental illnesses are like Pogs now for Gen Z. Yeah. Want to have all the, all the letters after your name. I think it's because like the internet makes everybody want to be individual, right? And have an identity. Mm -hmm. So the more different things you have. Right, probably more individual you feel because like your identity is right now for a lot of people is what you put out to the world. Right. Yeah. 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 But yeah. my stage persona is very different from who I actually am. So, do you find? Yeah, I want the voice to be the same, but I mean, like, my ego is not. I really try hard not to connect my ego too badly to what I do up there, so that I'm not crushed if something doesn't go well. Right. Yeah, that's fair. So, like, there is a split between who I am up there and who I am in regular life. How does the, how does autism affect stand up? Uh, it makes it difficult to hear what's going on and hear people's responses and be able to mm -hmm. get in there with crowd work sometimes. Like be um, present, be present with it. And like in the moment kind of thing. Just because I don't notice people's emotions or what might be going on. So I'm, I have to learn things that mean that like it's, it's not intrinsic to me where you might look oh, at someone okay. and understand what's happening. 
I have to oh. learn the program of like, when you see this and this mixed with this and this, it's probably this. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's something you learn over time and through experiences. Uh-huh. So when I started doing crowd work, um, Joe helped me with like, first time I did the basement, he's like, don't step on your laughs. Because I guess I was doing that before I would just go from joke to joke because I didn't realize you're supposed to pause. No one ever told me you're supposed to pause. Right, right, right. Things Silent like that. Like, yeah. yeah. You don't tell the computer that the computer is supposed to pause. The computer doesn't pause. Yeah, exactly. Because my brain works like Linux and your brain works like Windows. Yeah. yeah. Or like Apple. Yeah. Right, right. Right. It's just, it's just taking things in in a different way. Yeah. So I had and learned to like look at people and we called it the sprinkler. So I would like look at this person, this person, this person. So I got used to looking at everybody. So I build in these little things. So it ends up being good in the end. Maybe it's better than for some other people because I can leave and go like, I'm not really sure what happened tonight. So maybe it doesn't hurt as much when it doesn't go well. I don't it's know. It's actually a great point. Yeah. Like, because maybe you don't take it as personal. No, I just want to dissect what happened. Right. I just right, want to right, hear, right. okay, that didn't work. If I know why it didn't work, I'm fine. I just right. want to know why. Yeah. Yeah. And comedy is such an energy suck. And I know that you had mentioned that you're someone, like, especially with autism coming into play and ADHD coming into play, cherishing your energy and knowing when to, like, preserve that energy and stop. So I can't imagine, like, throwing stand-up in the mix the crashes you must feel sometimes in, in energy, <laughs> you know, like, cause, cause people That's even incredible. without autism feel that. So add that in and all that processing power. Yeah. Like, I just get, must be tough. Yeah. yeah. When I did the just for laughs showcase, like Sean, very kindly, Sean Hogan drove us down cause he was hosting. And after the night, everybody's standing around talking and they're all like waiting to like talk to maybe Zoe from, from just for laughs or whatever. And he's looking at me and he's like, you want to go back to the hotel, don't you? I'm like, yeah, I'm so burnt. Yeah. You know, everybody else will stay and like what they want to socialize. And I'm like, brain is done. Brain's brain done too over. much today. Yeah. yeah. Brain is done too much today. And like when it, when too much happens in a day, I'm at a risk of a meltdown and like none of my colleagues need to see what that is. Like sometimes right. it's so bad. I just want to be in a, I'll sit in the bathroom because it's a dark room and it's quiet just to be alone because my senses get so overwhelmed so overwhelmed my god yeah. but you're good at you're good at this point at knowing when that's coming and doing it yourself right like you're yeah I don't let it happen around other people because other people aren't responsible for my mental health right you know and like when people even though it's like autism is well, I guess it is a mental health issue but you know it's also just a different kind of brain but like I, other people shouldn't be responsible for it and then they look at you in a different way and then you become a person that like there's an additional thing they have to manage when they have you somewhere so right yeah so you kind of you deal with it almost privately without yeah, people I put really my own limits so that nobody else has to deal with it you know like people will say because I'm out in the country far from Charlottetown like a half an hour 40 minutes you know they'll say can you mm -hmm. come pick me up before a show and then drive into the show two hours away. And I'm like, nope, because that's going to add two hours to my trip if we count both ways. And I, nope, can't. I like you. But yeah. I can't drive you, that much. You are you have a battery that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> the, the limit of that battery. Yeah, Some the clockwork is going to wind down. And when it winds down, the springs pop out and it's not. It's not good. No. And sometimes, like, I get really cryy and, like, because I'm just overwhelmed. Oh, my God overwhelmed I'm I'm an overwhelmed sleeper and crier for sure 
like I all the times that I think that I'm just it's just sadness, it's not the same cry that like no. an overwhelmed cry would be, you know? Like, it's like mothers know their babies' cries, you know? Yeah. You have like the yeah. frustrated cry, the hungry cry. Sometimes I'm both. Yeah. Ooh. Sometimes I'm stressed because I forgot to eat and then <laughs> like it's both. I just can't. Oh, well, that's also ADHD. Yeah. yeah. I wish I could remember to eat on time. I said yeah. that and my eye just started to twitch. That's how much it's been bothering me lately. Like it just, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, body's well, we giving to, me signs. We have to make sure our basic needs are met like before anything else. Truly, like if we're ever in a pissed off mood or agitated or cranky, like mm-hmm. we have to go, okay, are we hungry? Are we tired? You know, are we like, <laughs> like it's, we're managing a toddler. You're literally, but that's what we are. We're big toddlers. With yeah. responsibility. I seem to be 41, but because of autism and ADHD, like I feel way younger than I am. That's wild. So yeah. when, at what age did you put together the autism thing? How old were you when you? Uh, not good with numbers, but it was like around 35, 36. And then ADHD would have been like 39, 40, somewhere in there. So the rest of my life, I just thought it was an abject failure. And then all of a sudden you had a couple of years of figuring things out or getting yeah well maybe not so much figuring things out because it's always we're always figuring things out never ends yeah but, with but those you, things like you know like as you have ADHD you look at the list and it's like okay like someone could tell me this and it's helpful to have it on paper but you also know exactly right did you have people in your life going I had so many people in my life going you didn't know you had ADHD I knew <laughs> so many people saying yeah. that to me. I had a couple people doing that and on the reverse and it irritates the crap out of me. People will go, well, you don't look autistic. So you don't what do you think autistic. it looks like? Yeah, like what- you think it looks like love on the spectrum where oh, they God. picked and chose these different people and. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they picked characters, you know, they picked an archetype of person they wanted to put on those shows. Yeah. Which is not fair to us. It just did. Ugh. no not at all I say us what? like we're all one group like there's everybody's on you know varying bits of the spectrum and stuff but yeah you know, and it's not like all one spectrum it's just it's like different like the amount of time like the my sensory stuff is one spectrum and like my ability to communicate and understand people is another spectrum so there's all there's all these kind of different spectrums within it like right? little levels on like a mixing board oh that's interesting that's a, that's yeah. a, a very good way to put it are there things like resources that like help you with with coping or management like things like that I had to I didn't have to I just I found a a therapist who specialized in adult autism and I was just I was like hey so these are the things I'm having trouble with and she explained all sorts of social things to me that I didn't understand there it is yeah that's awesome yeah, That's so I so knew bad. what to do in social situations because I just I had a complete lack of understanding of what I was looking at. I was putting pieces together and thinking I saw one thing when it was really another thing. So now I know sometimes like when people are being nice to your face, it doesn't mean they actually like you. Yeah, like, no, key things to understand. Yeah, not taking things for face value. Yeah, so now I'm I'm better at knowing like I'm having a conversation with you, and I actively know you don't want to have a conversation with me any more than I do with you. Right. So I can see it a bit more now. But we're both like, hey, hussy, that's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can imagine that would be so helpful. And does she also, does she just focus on autism or does she help you with kind of everything? 
Yeah, she helped me with both because she's she's neurodivergent too. Like she has a, so my friend calls it neurospicy. Neurospicy. <laughs> we really are the best people. Oh yeah. I love I love neuro like I love that. Like just the idea of like there's well, divergent like- means like you're different than the norm, but neurospicy is just like yeah, we're more fun. <laughs> we're a picante. I picture it like a video game where you see like specs of like a character. Yeah. And it's, like, and it's like the more specs you have, like whether it's like all these things that you have. And then it's, it's like, like the Sims and like you have like the goofy yeah. walk and like, yeah, the best clothing options. And I totally see it like that because truly like there's not one person. I mean, I mean, I guess there's a few, but like it is really nice I mean, say what we will about labels and how Gen Z are like kind of overdoing it. But like, it is nice to live in a time that people can figure this type of thing out about themselves and not feel shame about it. I think that yeah. that's the good side of it. Yeah. Is that- there's always like two ways to look like there's more than one thing is always true. Usually, well, usually not all the time, but like more than one thing is often true at the same time. Exactly. And I think yeah. sometimes people forget that. And they get very militant about like, I want to be on the right side of history. And this is how I feel about this. And it's like, well, that issue has two sides. Yeah. And then there's a middle ground too. Yeah. (laughs) The whole whole gray area metal exists there too. People forget about that. So. Yeah, they really do. God. Um, We have one more segment and then we're done. Um, Uh, I will miss you. This is a really fun one. Um, Hopefully won't get us in trouble. But. I would love to know, do you have an unpopular opinion? Don't hate me for this, but it's time for unpopular opinion. I don't know if it's unpopular. It probably is. I'm going to assume that it is. I haven't run it past the people that would think it's unpopular. I don't. And I'm sorry if you tell this joke because I still love you, but the brand of joke from female comedians, that's who would ever want to do anything with anyone who has a penis anyways. <laughs> wait, oh, like wait, a complete misandrist. Like we want a space to tell all of our jokes where we can, you know, feel good and we feel supported. But then the one person we're going to shit on is a straight white man. It uh, makes me insane. And also like when I'm at a show, you know, and they're like, well, who even wants to have sex with a man anymore? Me. Many people. You know what? There's. Okay. Hopefully this doesn't get me in trouble. You don't have There's to a- say it. You can just lead me to say it. <laughs> I get what you're getting at. Like yeah. the sort of targeting certain. Um, I feel like. If you're open-minded, okay, how am I supposed to say this? Fuck. I'm like now really like nervous. I love so many comedians like, and like, like I know some of them who have that joke and I love the rest of their set and they're so funny and there must be a reason that they're doing it. However, my unpopular opinion is I just don't like it. (laughs) Right, 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 right. Not that I think they shouldn't do it. Like we should all be able to pretty much within reason, unless we're being awful, like say whatever we want. So like, go ahead and say it. I just... I get They're, kind of tired of it. Like it's like a, it's like a call, crunch. you know, at ladies' nights. Yeah, That's or like crunch. it's twenty twenty two. You know, who doesn't you know want to sleep with a lady now? Right. Yeah. I'm There's married, so me. It's not. Uh, it's not common anymore. 
or cool to be straight anymore. That's what that's, it is. It's pointing out like that's a, yeah. Cause you're not, you don't have a letter or you're not like a thing and like, you're not in the, yeah. So I totally agree with you on that because it's, it's like, you're not cool if you haven't, if you're, if you're straight kind of thing. Which yeah, is- and it's like, it's saying like, I don't want the guys to talk about their dicks all night and I don't want to, okay, but you're talking about your vagina all night. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's fine. And those jokes are really funny and I like them and I'm laughing at them, but also if he wants to talk about his dick for five minutes, his prerogative. That, that's very true. Exactly. Without right. you saying, why didn't he have to talk about his penis all the time? <laughs> yeah. You kind of have to take that dirty stuff and almost make it like, I try to make it broader statements that aren't necessarily, that's more about people than sexes, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah humans as we're all fucked up humans kind of thing like I have jokes about I have jokes about being a love addict and like I actually fucking love men more than anybody (laughs) but that also means that I hate them more than like it's like this weird these weird kind of nuances of being human Um, I've used it before too like I've I've gone up at the end of the night and and totally said like you know okay this is the time in the night when the dick jokes have come to an end I'm so sorry you know where they put it where they want to put it where they dream of putting it I used to say like that's all over it's done and then I would proceed to tell a bunch of dick jokes throughout my set which was it was it was part of the shtick it was me saying like we're not going to do this and then we're doing that now we're doing that so I knew what I was doing yeah, for sure. I have a ladies' night coming up, actually, and it, it's one of those things where I'm like, I want to do more new stuff that's not so focused on that. Uh, but at the same time, like there are certain jokes, there are certain jokes that I just don't do on quote unquote regular shows or non ladies' night shows. Um, there too. Uh, that I can't lean into as much as I can on a ladies' night, which I have fun with. Yeah, see, so, that's that's the thing where both things are true about the ladies. Oh, like, one, it is really easy, but then two, like, you can lean into things and learn things and work on bits that you couldn't work on other places. Yes, you can work on stage presence. You can work on, yeah, you know, you, you can, can you can you can work on those those jokes kind of thing. Uh, yeah, I also good. think if it's fucking funny, it's funny. You know, like like well, unless you're a man is- listening to your set, like they they're probably not going to think a lot of what you're saying is funny, especially if you're like my vagina. <laughs> I'm so sorry it to is, break it to you. It is. Uh, I actually don't have a lot. Well, actually, yeah, I do have a, a, a very main joke about it. Uh, just about uh, pussy pictures, but <laughs> that's a comment on like only fans <laughs> as a thing that I I've done. And from what I've been told, you're supposed to milk every premise. And that's a premise that I'm milking to the fucking, like I'm milking that to the bone because it's one of the very few. Milking something on OnlyFans might also make you money. <laughs> it's one of the very few unique just things. Thinking. Yeah, no, it's true. You're not, <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, yeah, no, I actually like when, when people are honest about like not liking stuff like that, because I think we're in this age of like hyper positivity and like encouragement. It's like, I actually, I, I like people to be honest. I like that better, you know? Yeah. So. And not everyone has to agree with me. And I'm certainly not saying like anyone shouldn't do those jokes anymore. Yeah. It's just not I your probably thing. say things that other people don't like. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, that's fine. It's, it's a tough guy. And I think I think the main thing as a comic is you gotta you gotta I think you mentioned this. Um, you need to do the jokes that you like for you. Mm-hmm. Like you, you need to, to enjoy the material that you're doing, kind of thing. That was what I learned when I was in Halifax. Yeah. And I learned that off the ladies' night because I went in, it wasn't ladies' night, it was um the the really nice show at Hopyard that Alva mm. and Adrian have. Oh yes, funny bunnies. Yeah. Th- couldn't remember off the cuff, but yeah, that really nice show that they have. Yeah. And I went in and I was I was doing all sorts of um jokes that I knew worked, but I was doing them. I don't know. I just I, they weren't the jokes I wanted to do. I was just like, well, those ones I know land and they're more like about sex. Yeah. And and then when I went to Yucks, I went, oh, just freaking be yourself. Like they're why am I saying freaking instead of fucking? I don't know why I went. <laughs> I like freaking for I the like that. bronze instead of the gold there. But anyways, um, so I thought, why don't you just you know tell the jokes that you want to tell? Yeah. 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 Cause if you're, you're going to laugh either way and you're going to do them better because you like them more. I always find that's more like my new material. I like better in the older stuff. I'm like, I am sick of this. Oh yeah. And it sucks when you have to do the old stuff cause you know it works, but you, yeah, that's the worst. It's mm-hmm. comedy is not as scary as people think it is. I think it is for that first while. For the first while, yeah. It's, that first bomb, it's always seeing who comes back after the first bomb. Oh, yeah. Because there are some newbies that are coming out to, like, because they're trying more than one mic and more than one flavor. And they're coming in all, like, like pretty and doe-eyed, you know. And I love comedy because they've been to the ladies' nights. And then Isn't they, that so cute? Yeah. Oh, they're, they're, they're adorable. And also, it's annoying, but I like them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're too <laughs> fresh, you're too happy. You have not been jaded yet. You know, and I'm just, I'm looking at them going like, you're so happy right now. After you bomb the first time, I want to see how happy you are. Because right. <laughs> like, you start- they're bringing their friends out. So their friends are, of course, laughing. And it's, so it's all fun. It's a great experience. But will you still like it after it hurts? Yes. Oh, that's a great quote. And that is, that is the epitome of comedy right there, baby. Will you still like it after it hurts? That is the, that is going to thin out the herd. Yeah, like, sad sometimes to see who like gets rattled by it. I'm like, don't, don't get like, rattled. Bitch, this is part of it. Yeah, I've had to slink off a mic once before. Like at the very beginning, I started doing something. I was like, ooh, that did not come off right. I'm going to see myself away, you know? And like when I did that bomb when Jim and, and uh, Chris and whoever were here. Yeah, I walked around the block like kicking the air for like two rounds around the block going like, what the oh, fuck? Why? 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 I wanted this to go better. <laughs> Yeah, and it one well, doesn't it doesn't help when you're trying to impress people too, or like no, make, and then to be professional, you have to sit there after you bomb, well, watching well, everybody can't. else have a good night, and just oh, suck it up. Oh, that's the worst. I've cried during those times before. The best um, is at a corporate show where you eat it, and then the guys like in suits walk around you like they don't see you while the headliner's up, and you're like, yeah, I know it didn't go well, and you wouldn't have really liked me anyways. I'm still a person, mm-hmm. but like you have to sit there while everyone's milling around. Yeah. Oh, oh. that would be. That's never happened to me, but that would be very brutal. I've never. I think done that's a why I've tried to remove my ego from the stage thing because that way that doesn't hurt so much. Yeah, it's there's just annoying. A- there's a good quote from Mr. Robot that's remove all emotion and you'll be fine. <laughs> that's the autism thing, right? I can do the robot I, thing. I feel like that's that's a great mindset to take before going on stage. Exactly. Remove, 
Remove all emotion. Exactly. Remove all emotion. I've just learned a lot. That is the mantra that you go with. I've learned to laugh at myself on stage more. Um, That's important. Like, actually laugh. Actually, like, like, so as I'm saying jokes, and even if it's not working, just saying it with kind of a slight laugh in my voice um, is, mm-hmm, uh, it good. actually makes it just feel more like I don't care, even though I kind of care a lot. <laughs> but it's coming off like I don't kind of yeah, thing, well, which, is, which is important. Because the jokes are the babies, and I get a little defensive of the babies, but. It's a crazy thing that we do. It's a crazy thing. Yeah, we're insane. We're nuts. Um, we're sick people. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. We're sick yeah. as people, but then we're also sick in that we do this crazy thing. <laughs> that a very like, I don't think you have to be mentally ill to do comedy or anything. Like I'm not one of the people who's saying that, but I'm I'm just saying like that the stand-up part, that is the symptom and the sickness in itself. That's just the one. Because it must be crazy. So- like we must be crazy to be like, it only works sometimes, but I'm chasing the feeling. It's like an addiction yeah it is an addiction that's very correct it's like a drug a drug that you yeah it it's very hard to turn down gigs i'll say that me trying to like get balance and have a personal life again still hard for me to say no to gigs yeah uh because it i don't want to right yeah fucking hard um so we're gonna have to wrap because i have been told that my episodes are too long um (laughs) From a, a bunch of people. Right, so we have no, no, get back. You get back on here. <laughs> We're doing a formal goodbye, bitch. Um, I want to thank you All so right. much for coming on the podcast twice. <laughs> like <laughs> you made it work. Like you're a fucking trooper. Um, I'm so happy that we got the full conversation now uh for the listeners and that I got to talk to you twice and I'm just happy to have met you as a friend and a colleague. Um so thank you yeah, so much for doing nice. this. You were one of my favorite people to see when I was in Halifax. It was so nice to see you again. So thank you and, for having me on. And you're coming back, right? Oh yeah, I'll be back. Yeah. You'll be back to us. I have and a we'll husband have another- and like five pets here. Like 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 I'm not normal. So I, I need time away to come back and be normal. So that's Halifax, right. Yeah. Yeah, you got to come back. And where can people follow you, stay up to date with you, what you're doing, shows, everything? Uh, I'm Catherine Cairns. I've got like a formal business page on Facebook. You can also, if you're not too creepy, add me as a friend. But if you're going to say how hot I look all the time, no. Um, and I you're gonna Instagram. Say, <laughs> you're gonna say, if you're going to tell me how hot I look all the time, you can add me as a friend. <laughs> no, just don't, don't creep me out. Like, don't like seven of my photos at three in the morning. And then oh. like, we'll be okay. Yeah, that's fair. Don't do that. That's really creepy behavior. Yeah, don't stalk me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at Catnip Garden with a K, Catnip on uh, Instagram. On Instagram, follow Catherine. I adore you. Thank you again for doing this. Thank you very much. And we're going to pretend that you ring a bell. I'm going to ring it for you. We're gonna poor Catherine. This is why I don't do remote interviews. They're fucking awkward. Thank you for listening to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. 
You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan and brought to you by the messiness of life. Everybody's depressed. Next subject.